welcome to episode 207 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, oh, it finally happened, Cameron. Shockingly, we did it. <laughs> we, I am, I am baffled. <laughs> I was ready for this to fizzle. Same. Uh, it, you know, around episode 50 and then around episode 100. <laughs> I know it's it's very crazy, but uh, yeah, this is this is it, everyone. This is the the finale of Justice League Unlimited. Does it feel like we skipped something? I feel like we must have skipped something. I mean, it it took us two and a half years to get through the Zeta project, so no, I feel it like did. I feel like we did hit everything we had to. But yeah, I mean, not only is it the finale for Justice League Unlimited, it's the finale for the DCAU, and it is our finale. Mm-hmm. For of, all Tim Talk podcasts out there. Yes, for the, the, the Tim Talk podcast comes to an end here. It's very, very crazy. Um, it's probably going to be a long episode, because there's a lot to get through once we get through this one episode we have to cover. Yes, both um, to talk about and emotionally. Exactly, yes. Uh, but you know, it, it is our last episode. Cameron, how, how are you doing? I'm I'm anxious. <laughs> anxious yeah i i don't you know it's bittersweet of course yeah yeah. this has been our hangout for every weekend minus our emotional (laughs) weekend problems uh for five and a half years it's nuts yeah Mm. i know and to to go back to casual friends i know (laughs) well i mean the problem is we don't have a friendship outside this podcast. You're right. We're, we're, not, we're not allowed to hang out outside I, of this for podcast. For some reason, I thought we were friends, but you're no, right. No, no. We, this ends here. We, we stop yeah. hanging out definitively once we're done recording. That that does make sense. Yes. We just disappear from each other's lives. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not anxious. It definitely, definitely a bittersweet. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, I'm looking forward to regaining like eight hours a week. It, there my, is, yes, I do understand that. There is like... Every Saturday, we mostly record these on Saturdays, yeah. usually in the morning. Mm-hmm. And there's also like stuff happening at boxing that happens in the morning that I've yeah. always wanted to do. I have like friends that do Disney things in the morning I've always wanted to do. So like, yeah. it is nice to like, you know, see the world that we've been missing in this like three hour block. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can start going to the gym on a Saturday mm-hmm. again. Or maybe go for like an early morning hike or a brunch. You can do a brunch. Like if... <laughs> If I'm being honest, like with that eight hours, I'll say like I'll go do a bunch of stuff. It it's gonna mean two things. I'm gonna be drunk during the day more on a weekend, <laughs> and I'm gonna sleep more. There you go. Those are the two things that are gonna change. With but my those life. are very important things. They're very important things, and correlated. Yeah. Or causal. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> Somehow they'll be intertwined. Yeah. Are you? I have the problem. Was like I don't drink very often, but what right. I do. I always wake up way earlier than I think the next yes. morning. I hate it. Yeah. I can't stand it. This is why I almost never evening drink mm-hmm. anymore. I just, I, I can't do it. My body hates, because if I'm evening drinking, I'm probably staying up later than I normally would. Yeah. Which means like past 10, 30 PM. <laughs> but then same thing, my body, I don't know if it's because it's not getting good sleep or what, will wake me up early the next day. So I've like shaved hours off of either end of my sleep and it's bad sleep. Yeah. And... I still have a pretty high tolerance, so it takes a lot for me to get drunk. But it takes very little for me to be hungover. Like, <laughs> I've I've had it down to the point now where, like, one drink, I have occasionally had, like, a slight hangover the next day. Oh, no. And that's really bad. And it, it varies. Sometimes I can have, like, several and be okay. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so that's... So I'll put the champagne away. <laughs> oh, God. The bat champagne. <laughs> I I I should have got like a cupcake or something like that. I totally forgot. I'm glad you didn't bring champagne because I've 
I hate champagne. I know I've told this. <laughs> That's right. I know I've told this story a number of times, but the, the short version is I now hate champagne because of a disastrous drag brunch. <laughs> one time but that's good that's that's in character it's very in character yeah i i'm not a i'm not a champagne person plus okay here, here's a here's a tangent a very early tangent let's on, go a tangent on a tangent yeah there, there's no stopping us this week <laughs> exactly so i think the idea of like bloody marys and mimosas is like bullshit like one i just don't care for either one of them not tomato juice person not a champagne person but also like it, it's like they're trying to like soften the blow of choosing to drink like just pure spirits right in the morning i'm like we don't have to like dance around this if if you're gonna like if you're gonna make a bloody mary hold the tomato juice just give me vodka like let's not pretend like we're doing anything classy here we're drinking at like 10 a.m fuck it just bring me a drink i don't care i remember my first ever um like uh bottomless mimosa oh. brunch <laughs> and i'd never had a mimosa before so i yeah. knew it was like orange juice and champagne yeah and like everyone is brought out a full glass of champagne and they bring out the tiny, tiny, like thimble of orange juice for mm -hmm. each person. And I'm looking, I'm like, is this, we have to share this? <laughs> I'm like, cause I need more orange juice. Like I was looking forward <laughs> to the orange juice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think most people's proper way of making a mimosa is a full glass of champagne and then a, 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 a teardropper. Just well, a, you, a, you, a, a you, little drop of orange juice You the dip top. your finger in yeah. the orange juice, you rub it on your lips. <laughs> And then you chug the champagne. It's like coating the ice and making martini with vermouth, right? Like, it's just there to kind of, like, accent. But you mostly ditch it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. I, I I, cannot do mimosas. We will not be doing celebratory mimosas. That's fine. I do I do have a gift for you. It was supposed Aww. to be here today. It was supposed to be here Thursday. Okay. But this morning it said it's going to arrive today. So okay. I'll give it to you tomorrow. Oh, it's very sweet of you. Yes. I, I did not. That's fair. That's totally fine. <laughs> You've done enough for just giving me your time for the past five and a half years. Yeah, I gotta go edit this fucker. Yeah. Which is probably gonna be way long. Oh, maybe I'll drink during that. There you go. Yeah, just watch as the quality of the edit gets sloppier and sloppier <laughs> towards the end. You're just gonna start cutting yourself in. I'm like, this is future Chris. Exactly. <laughs> just rambling this drunkenly. This is a dumb joke. Yeah. I messed the joke up here. I'm gonna try again. Uh, but yeah, so this is it. We are, we're covering Destroyer. Mm-hmm. The finale of uh, Justice League Unlimited here, and then we'll get into a, a short list and some other little fun stuff there towards the end. So, uh, at this point, shall we go ahead and, and dive on in? Let's jump into it. All right, For the last uh, time. Yeah, and so this episode picks off, picks up where the last one left off, with Darkseid having been resurrected accidentally by Lex Luthor, and Luthor seeking out help from the Justice League. So the League begrudgingly accepts the help of Lex and Legion of Doom to go and defeat Darkseid and his invading armies. Um, and ultimately, it just kind of boils down to a fight between Batman, Lex, Superman, and Darkseid, while the rest of the League takes on the rest of Darkseid's army. Uh, it's basically just a long action episode that does a pretty good job of giving most characters like a little bit of a moment. They do, yeah. yeah. There's some teams that feel more powerful than others, yes. and there's some teams that I desperately want to be a part of. <laughs> Specifically, I don't know if, if you caught this amazing team up, Hawk, Dove, the Creeper, and Question. Question. Oh my god. Yes. What a team. What, what a what? nonsense <laughs> bullshit team. I I wouldn't even contribute. No, I would I would sit on the sideline eating popcorn, just watch it unfold. Of course. Yeah. I, I would love an interaction between Hawk and the Question. Because they would hate each other. 
they they would hate each other absolutely they would be at each other's throats i would also love to see an interaction between the creeper and question yes. like who who's well, crazier they're, they're both yeah they're both like conspiracy theorist detectives right but like if, if there's anyone that's gonna make the question look more like sane and rational it's the creeper yeah so, it still just baffles me that he's there in the first place I know. I I think because he's always been that question mark. Like, is he a hero? Is he a villain? He yeah. was in the intro shot when yeah. we see you know in in in, in initiation, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen him since then. And it no. feels like the writers are like, oh wait, maybe he was a villain. Like maybe wait, we shouldn't. We... And so they're waiting for the moment of like the heroes and villains teaming up again. I'm like, okay, yeah, we can put him in again. Yeah. Like, what what do we do with him? Mm-hmm. I uh, that's a good point. I don't. I feel like. He must have just been just like excluded from the bat embargo mostly. The fact that he's still here because Huntress isn't. That's right. Here at any point, which is interesting. Even if she's she's not a full leaguer, but we get a shot of like Hawkman gearing up to go into combat. We don't actually see him fight anyone, but like we see him going out and doing stuff. So uh, that is an interesting point. I had only just thought of. It's like yeah, I wonder if we don't see Huntress because at that point, like the bat embargo was like full, full tilt. Yeah, yeah. Don't include anyone, which is like, uh, I'm just, uh, I know we talked about it before, but. I understand why they did it, but it's also fucking maddening. I mean, especially think about that that bad embargo was in place because the Dark Knight trilogy, a trilogy that in no way was going to take advantage of characters like Huntress or even Robin, much less like Nightwing, Batgirl, all these other characters. Like, I mean, I think Huntress could have fit in to the Dark Knight universe. I no, I think... I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think there's a version of um like a third movie that kind of leans heavier into that idea of like copycats of like what like Batman has to face someone who's now like taking things much more seriously. It's not just some dude in hockey pads, but like another vigilante that's out there. And I think Huntress would have been the ideal one because she actually does kill. She'll go pretty far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they totally could have, but it, I, not only no one had any interest. I mean, no one didn't have any interest in Batman by the time he got to the dark Knight rises. That's true. He brought interest in Batman when he did the dark Knight. <laughs> so something i've talked about at length before yes so um but we do learn at the beginning of the episode how the legion escaped which to your point last week sinestro did i say it last week yeah he's like they probably just escaped on sinestro's like thing and they did yeah and the fact that lex is trying to take credit for it this entire time is like how did you survive by the skin of my teeth i'm like no you died you yeah, did yeah. nothing in this. You got saved by Sinestro, and then you got saved by who was the, uh, the new Genesis guy? I I meant to look him up, and I totally forgot. Light, 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 something, whatever. He's the quick yeah. guy. He's the guy that looks like Flash. Exactly. This is the episode where we just fully uncover. We don't know anything about anything about, about the DCAU. <laughs> in case people didn't already know. Yeah. Light Ray. Light Ray. Light Ray. Um. Yeah, and Lex just not even Lex. Uh, Polaris zaps him. Lex yeah. does nothing. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, someone else zaps him. They take the mother box and they show up on on Earth. But I even I even love the way Lex phrased that. Of like, you know, we we had to rely on the kindness of strangers, and someone offered the help, and we gladly accepted it. And the guy's passed down the floor. They've stolen his mother box. What an asshole. Yeah. But so Superman's like, I don't believe you. And then all of a sudden, boom tombs open up all over the planet, and then of course, Darkseid invades again, which is like. I there's a I overall do really enjoy this episode. I will say though, it feels like to some degree they're just kind of playing their greatest hits. Like this is now the fourth full scale alien invasion that's happened over the course of the universe. 
the second time Darkseid has done it. So we have Darkseid 1 in Superman Adventures. Exactly. We have the Mascarans in no. Justice League. Sorry, no, we have the, the, um, the, we'll call the, them like the White Martians, whatever they're called, but like Secret Invasion. Right. Yes. Yeah, and then invasion. the uh, Thanagarians. Thanagarians. Thank Starcross. Yeah. So another invasion's happening. Like, okay, we should probably stop this. Um, and Wonder Woman's like, well, we got to lock up all these guys. I'm like, well, wait, hang on. Like, even Atomic Skull says it's our planet too. And I, I love that before any of these villains get a chance to be like overly like altruistic, Lex steps up. It's like, whoa, 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 do not get confused. We're not here to help you save the world. You are here to help me get revenge on Darkseid. Right. Because <laughs> he always has to be an asshole all the fucking time. Yeah, he gets no redeeming moment whatsoever. Uh, not yeah, not really. I, I do like his wordplay, though, at the very end. We're just going to jump straight to it. That's again, fine. There's no, there's no organization today. No. Uh, when he show, After he meets up with Metron, yeah. uh, he, he shows back up. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I had to go change into my power suit. Oh, yeah. And it's just Thinking his... No- it's, yeah, that it's his like actual like big green and purple suit. Right. And it's just his business suit. It's just his business suit. We haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. It's fun to have that Since come back around. Superman, I think. Um, no, we had a little bit of him in Justice League. In that suit. Okay. Because we, like, he was running for um, president right. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So we, we did have some elements of him in his full suit. Um, but yeah, so they, they want to get revenge on Darkseid. And so they begrudgingly accept the help of the, the Legion. And Wonder Woman says, you know, like, trust but verify. Pair any of the bad guys with regular team leaders. Which basically means more or less original League members. Um, actually, you know, I, they, the DCA wiki very kindly gave us a list of all the teams that break up. Which, shall I just read them? Sure. Let's, Let's go for it. Why not? Yeah. We can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> so, uh, off in DC, it's Shira, Commander Steel, and Atomic Skull. In Paris, it's Green Lantern, Flash, and Giganta. Mm-hmm. Uh, out at the Great Wall of China, it's uh, Wonder Woman, Shining Knight, Vigilante, and Star Sapphire. In Rome, it's Dr. Light, Green Arrow, Black Canary, and Bizarro. That's a fun group, actually. That's a good group. Yeah. I, I could see Green Arrow and Bizarro, like, kind of getting along well. Yeah, like, Green Arrow, like, knowing how to talk to Bizarro. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, like, he's the most people person, kind of, of all of them. So he's like, oh, yeah, I got this guy. He's totally fine. Uh, in Tokyo, it's Sinestro, Steel, and Blue Devil. Um, in an unknown city, it's the, the, the best team of them all that you mentioned. Hawk and Dove, the Creeper, the Question, and then later on, Captain Adam joins them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, another you gotta have some muscle in there. A little bit, yeah. Uh, at another location, it's Zatanna and Volcana. Yep, Zatanna way too overpowered for this fight. We understand yeah. why she's not in any episode for combat. Yeah, she turns a bunch of parademons into doves, puts them all into her hat, and then launches them like a comet at a ship and blows it up. Yeah, I mean, beautiful, love it, love these Zatanna. Yeah. <laughs> what? How have we not gotten a Zatanna show? Like, Good question. Like a Zatanna show or like even like one of those DC animated showcases, like a short built around her. She's such a fantastic character. How have we not gotten more of her? Yeah. I, I mean, really, I just want the prestige again, but with Zatanna. Yes, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the reason I hope eventually they do get a chance to make a Justice League dark movie because would love to see. I like the idea of even just at a minimum, her, Constantine, Etrigan as a team, just those three alone would be so much fun. Yeah. Like, weird weird dynamics across the board there. Like, three very distinct personalities that kind of shouldn't work, but also do kind of work at the same time. Just give it to us. Just... Gah. Anyways. Um, I get the, so, uh, I guess Cairo... It's, it's just Toy Man left to himself? 
Toyman, again, we talked about it last week, is the most <laughs> dangerous human on the planet. Holy shit. He's got a fucking Nerf gun mm-hmm. and just like boop, 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 pops the three pair, pops the parademons around him and they explode. Right? It's like we were talking about last week, a brilliant engineer that all of his weapons still work as toys. Like they're they they're foam darts. They literally bounce off the guys like they're nothing, and then they explode. Like he builds them to have that effect of like it's still a toy, but yeah. it kills you. <laughs> it's it's a character of like it's how as a kid you think. Did you watch uh, Boba this week? Yeah, I've finished it. Yeah, okay. Um, where in that episode it just felt like like. I could see my six-year-old self with six-year-old Robert Rodriguez and six-year-old uh, John Favreau and six-year-old uh, Filoni, mm-hmm. where we're playing with the toys, yes. and then someone keeps bringing other things in on the side. Yeah. That's what it feels like when I watch Toy Man. Like, this is my yep. six-year-old brain active again. Exactly. I Oh, God. I, I love me some Toy Man. This version in particular. I, I don't know if he's been done quite as well here as he has other places, or other places as well as he has here. Um, and then in London, it's Hawkman, Stargirl, and Stripe. And then in Venice, I guess just Killer Frost on her own. But, like, that's a damn good collection of people to go off and, and go fight. Now, what's interesting is we see a lot more leave the Watchtower, but we just don't see where they end up going. Like, mm-hmm. we see Crimson Avenger and um, what's it's not Copperhead. What's her name? Crimson Fox. Yeah. And other people not named Crimson. Uh, go on the teleporter and go off. We just, I guess, don't see where they ultimately end up going. Right. We see the Ray do his, like, transformation. The the gearing up sequence it's, was so exciting. It's pretty fantastic. Did you catch uh, the big Marvel reference in there? I don't think so. So we see Fire and Ice gear up to head off, and they're in um, Rio because we see the, the big Jesus statue in the background. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ice is in, like, a bikini, and then she uses her ice powers to freeze herself and breaks out of it. And then she's in costume. And that's the way that Iceman gears up in the amazing Spider-Man or Spider-Man and his amazing friends. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Um, because Bobby the, Drake, good old Bobby Drake. Cause there's actually two other Marvel references in here as well. They're a little more subtle. Well, okay. One of them's not subtle at all. <laughs> um, at one point when they've realized that the, uh, Darkseid's armies has brought down basically things to create fire pits. The thing that Darkseid always trying to do. It's like, right. oh, what is he going to do? Yeah. Create fire pits on on Earth to turn into apocalypse. He already tried it's to do this home. once. Yeah, it's his vacation spot. It's his Puerto Vallarta. He already did this once in Apocalypse Now, or tried to. And then I think wasn't this the plot of Justice League, the movie? Yes. Either either version. I've seen both once. Mm-hmm. No need to revisit. But he does this all the time. But when they realize that's what it is, and Shear goes to um, destroy the machine. Uh, sh- one of the parademons throws a spear through her wings. It's a little more subtle, but that's supposed to be a reference, I think, to the same thing happens to Angel mm. in the comics, and that's what leads him to losing his wings and becoming Archangel. Archangel. Got it. Um, and the other one is, uh, was it Captain Steel picks up a shield and throws it all up. Yeah, I saw that one. All uh, um, Captain Cap- America, Cap- America, which is kind of fun. But, I, you know, I, we love ourselves a little reference here and there. You know, it's okay to love both DC and Marvel. Maybe. Yeah, but then also to show that this is DC and not Marvel, when he throws the shield, it you hear the slice of decapitation. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it slams into the into the side of the, the machine. It's fine. They're not human. Right. It's they DC. Can, they can get away with they it. They can kill them all they want. Also, we get a very strong flipping out of Superman. Oh, my that, God. I'm like, that made it past the censors. Oh, oh. I was, I was shocked. Clark language. Lex flipping, it's Lex flipping Luther. 
I, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually found that almost distracting. <laughs> Very distracting. Be, by being one, like, so out of character, but also so light. Like, it's it's not a, it's it's like the lightest way you could put it. It's not anything close to resembling an actual curse word. It's something I wish if we had the time to pad, every member of the league would make fun of him for. Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine Flash just, n- like, nonstop being like, oh, it's, like, it's it's uh, breakfast flipping time. Right, it's, yeah. It's just, like, any chance he can, just throwing it in. Hey, it's burger flipping time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Age of Ultron, one of yeah, the lesser language. Marvel movies, but that running gag about language is pretty great all the way. Yeah. All the way throughout it. Uh, but yeah, Lex Flippin' Luther. Come on, Superman. You can do better than that. But that's all they could get through the censor. That's all they could get. I'm there. sure they tried a thousand other variations. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. Uh, but yes, all the teams break up. And then the, the last team, as mentioned at the top of the show, it's Batman, Superman, and Lex Luthor going to Metropolis, where they find the most heavily fortified landing ship, which is clear where Darkseid is. And I kind of, I love this idea that, we talked about this last week, that Darkseid is pretty much the greatest threat to the universe in this version of the DC universe, right? Like, you know, Brainiac theoretically would be more of a threat, but Darkseid is insane mm-hmm. and bloodthirsty and out for revenge and will stop at nothing to get what he wants. Um, and so, like, this huge, huge threat, this resurrected threat, and they send Superman, fair, and then Batman and Lex Luthor. And the idea that those three are enough to take him on actually does kind of make sense. You have the be- like the biggest muscle on the planet in the form of Superman and two of the smartest people on the planet in the form of Batman and Lex Luthor. Yeah. Honestly, that trio could do it. But then the fact that the immediately when Darkseid comes down, Lex charges in headfirst himself. Yeah. You're like, you know, this is the guy that beats Superman sometimes, right? right? <laughs> what are you going to do? Pure hubris. Yeah. Pure. And, and he's immediately thrown off the roof. Right. Yeah. Batman has to swoop down and save him. But like, I, I, I love that moment, though. It just shows kind of how unhinged Lex is on his own, that he's so driven by ego that he's just, he's literally just got two pistols. Yeah. That's it. And he's just shooting well, people. He has an extra one because he, he offered it to, to Batman. Which is like, I think maybe the closest, it's not even a redemption moment. It's like the nicest moment we get out of Lex through this entire episode. It's like, hey, you want my gun? But at the same time, Lex would also be the character that would know Batman would never use a gun. Right. And so it's almost like a mocking like oh you're you're out of you're out of bat stars you're out of your yeah. things i got a gun you want a gun it's like I, you know i can't have a gun it's like oh that's right mm, i guess i'll keep shooting he's such a fucking asshole um but they very quickly lure dark side out and then yeah to your point he lets you thrown off a, a ledge and pretty much the rest of the episode it's mostly just superman and dark side fighting with yeah, this with, is a three-page script yeah pretty much with with batman getting you know a few good licks in here and there um they wreck the daily planet that so that was one of my my favorite fun moments for me mm-hmm. is every other place you see it's pretty much all tourist spots because that's the easiest way to identify it exactly it's, it's yeah Paris, it's, it's, Rome, it's, the, it's, it's the roland emmerich method of storytelling yes yes but then the fact that during this global conquest because it is so frequent now yeah like you said it's our fourth time everyone of the daily planet is still working oh yeah <laughs> no one has left it's the like, building uh we're it's happening again all yeah. right everyone just Olsen, get as many pictures as you can. Lois, write something up. Yeah, this is not an excuse to stop working. We have deadlines to hit, people. (laughs) And, like, 
given that Darkseid takes the, the globe, the little globe off the top of the Daily Planet and slams it all the way through the building down to the ground floor, my thought is, one, that building cannot be fixed. Right. That is a teardown rebuild at that point. Like, you have literally blasted through every single floor on this thing. And top of that, how the fuck did anyone in that building survive? Like, we see the, the planet smash through the bullpen where uh, Perry and Lois and Jimmy are still working. Like, mm-hmm. even if they ran off the side, how, like, really, how are they still alive? I mean, we, we can we can say super speed bullshit. That's true. Like, yeah. While he's pinned under, he's actually, like, running and grabbing everyone on the side. And it's all just an illusion to make it look like he's been beaten by dark side. Yeah. Cause I mean like they clearly don't die. That's a kid's cartoon. Even though we don't see them again, they clearly don't die. Plus like, there's no way in this universe that one, they're going to kill Lois Lane too. And if they were to do it, Superman would react in some capacity. Right. So like, it doesn't happen. It just seems a little bit absurd. Um, but yeah, so then it's basically just a bunch of other fighting happening around the world. I have to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Were you glad that like GL's final big moment was building a construct? He finally did it. <laughs> he really did it. And of course it's the nerdiest construct you could think of. Mm-hmm. He builds a fucking catapult. Yep. I mean, he could have done a trebuchet. I think that would have been a little bit nerdier. That would have been nerdier. This is very true. Yes. Yes. Actually, ooh, on the spot. What's the difference between a, uh, a trebuchet and a catapult? Uh, a trebuchet uses, um, it has a longer, do you know the answer to this? I don't. I'm asking you okay. what you do. Um, catapults are like a single pivot point. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just based off of one beam for the lever, whereas mm-hmm. a trebuchet is normally like almost a net. And you have, um, a, and I think the... It's counterweighted, right? A trebuchet? Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Catapults, they, they have a, a uh, smaller range of motion. Oh, uh, okay. I think they can only go up to 90 degrees of rotation. That, yeah, I think that makes sense. And yeah. trebuchets can, uh, there's no, um, like fixed point they, they can fully rotate yeah so okay. they, they get launched farther fair enough trebuchets are better basically yeah i was gonna say like that's i was kind of surprised like you didn't make it a catapult mm-hmm. shouldn't you make a trebuchet well i feel like the the, the trebuchet renaissance <laughs> didn't happen <laughs> for a couple of years after this the trebuchet yes <laughs> i don't know what there was a point in pop culture i think it, it must have been like 20 like 2009 2010 mm-hmm. where just like everyone decided trebuchets are now the cool thing to do they're cool they're very cool yeah Plus but no one makes a catapult say. anymore yeah <laughs> like catapults just fell out of our vocabulary they're boring they are boring yeah much prefer a trebuchet yeah always except for john stewart he's all about that catapult apparently yeah but it's it's fun because flash like oh can't we just throw this thing in the sun he's like no but you did give me an idea so he just launches it, launches off one of the uh, the fire pit generators and takes out of the ship. But it like, I I made a note. It was like I'm very happy that he made a construct finally. Yes, and I just recently learned about escape velocity, and so it was cool to like see that in practice. Wait a minute, you just learned about escape so velocity? So I, who was I talking? I was watching a movie. I don't think it was with you guys, but I was watching a movie recently. It wasn't part of the Karate Kid. <laughs> it was part of the Karate Kid. It was how hard did he have to kick to send Johnny yeah, escape of, velocity? Yeah. No, I was. My question was how fast you need to throw a baseball to like. Oh, we were talking about Invincible. Oh, uh, okay. when there's that great moment where, where father and son are playing catch, where the ball is is orbiting the Earth, and I was mm-hmm. questioning like how hard do you have to throw it because it's not reaching orbit. 
and it's also not breaking escape velocity. So like how fast you have to to throw it to get that perfect arc. Oh, I see what you back. mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a science friend explain it to me. But you had never heard the term escape velocity before. I must have heard it in physics class. Yeah, that was a or, while like, ago. Physics or any space movie. I don't pay that close attention. I know you do. The only space movie I watch is Space Jam, Chris. God. <laughs> the only <laughs> escape velocity only applies in that context. And how fast can I leave the room to escape from Space Jam? Um, and the answer is never fast enough. You no, know, there's no escape from Space Jam. Um, there are two moments in this show that like emotionally hit me. One is the very end, which, of course, we'll get to. The other one is the return of John Jones. Oh, yes. When we see this this old couple on the Great Wall of China, and the husband says to the wife, like, I got to go help, and he runs off. And Wonder Woman's like, I appreciate your help, sir, but, like, I don't know what you're going to do. And this guy just starts thrashing parademons. She even goes, like, Harrow? Like, what the hell is this? And he transforms into a dragon, a la the intro of Justice League. He did it. He for the did second it. time. He brought it back around. But and then it's bright red this time. Bright red, yeah. And then he comes back and it's fully John Jones. And it's just like, I knew that was coming because I've seen this episode before. I, I totally forgot that was happening. It's such a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been gone for so long and he was always kind of sidelined. So it's not like his absence was super noticeable. But bringing him back kind of reminds you that in a lot of ways, he he kind of, we talk about the Flash always being like the heart of the league. But there's something to be said about John also kind of being the heart of the league. Well, and you also have to think this is his first time revealing his identity on Earth since the Thanagarian invasion. Oh, yeah. Well, no, because he he briefly went down for to another shore, which is the episode where he decided That's to, right. to retire. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, and that was, but that was a very small instance. But yeah, this is like big global scale. He's bringing himself back mm-hmm. during another invasion. Yeah. <laughs> One of many. Huh. Yeah, the whole when we first see the old man, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, he has to be someone. Yeah. Then he starts punching people, and my first thought is not Manhunter. My first thought was like, is this Wildcat? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, where's Wildcat? All yeah, this? you know he's it's he's he's had enough world invasions. That, that's true. He's yeah, letting he's, the young guns handle it now. I'm, I'm done with this crap. Mm-hmm. He's hanging. He's playing chess with Doctor Fate now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No Doctor Fate. Yeah. Or oh. Mazo. Yeah, but I guess uh, Bezos has been gone a while, though. We haven't seen Bezos in quite some time. I, well, I feel he's, he's just playing chess. Yeah, he's other playing chess somewhere. But yeah, it was um, so nice to have him come back. Yeah. And thank God he did, too, because, like, they need him. Oh, God, he's they do. Crazy powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, that's that's a very touching moment. And then another one of my favorites is back at the, the fight with Batman and Superman and um, Darkseid is that Darkseid, like Batman is basically doing the best he can to assist Superman in the fight. Well, he's, he's distracting yeah. Darkseid while Superman catches his breath. He's, he's like, he's just like nettling him a little bit. Yeah. It's like, I'm just gonna throw a battering here and there or like get like a random punch in with enough leverage to kind of like mood view a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, he doesn't even punch. He throws his whole body. Like, he tackles Darkseid. Yeah. And you see Batman go down, and Darkseid, like, moves a step. Yeah. It barely phases him, but he's doing it anyways. Yeah. And so Darkseid unleashes his uh, his Omega Beams. It is this great shot of Batman, like, leaping off the edge, landing on top of a flying parademon, carrying him, like, pushing him all the way to the ground, and then kicking off the parademon. The parademon gets zapped by the Omega Beams, and Batman escapes. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first person to ever escape. Yeah, that's what Darkseid even says. It's su- it's such 
a cool moment. It, it's it's kind of one of those things like only Batman. Yeah. Like we talked about this a lot, but he, Batman gets away with so much, especially in this universe, but it always works. In in the next moment right after that, like they, they know how to play off of that perfectly. Yeah. Where Darks is like, oh, wow, you escaped. Is he that flexible? Yeah. And he looks at Lex and Lex and he's like, nope, fuck it. And just, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. just jumps out immediately. Gets out of there. It, like, it, it kind of reminds me of um, in the uh, Superman Batman comic Supergirl, which was then adapted into Superman Batman Apocalypse, the animated movie. But it's it's I, don't, I think it was pre New 52, but it was a reintroduction of Kara Zor-El as Supergirl. Mm hmm. Um, but in that they end up going to apocalypse and Batman basically plays a gambit where he, you know, they're all trying to like defeat Darkseid and regain Supergirl who's been captured. And Batman goes up to Darkseid and he's like, I have planted bombs in your fire pits. And unless you let us walk out of here, I'm going to blow up the whole planet. And he's there with Superman and Wonder Woman and Darkseid even says like, if it were the Kryptonian or the um, Themyscira, I wouldn't believe them. But I believe that you, a human being, would go so far as to pull up this entire planet to not lose. Yeah. You may leave. You're making your friends work <laughs> on, during a global crisis. Yeah. It's just like sometimes if it's the writer knows how to do it right, those moments where people like kind of like in universe tip their hat to Batman for being Batman every single time. I love it. This is a, a weird tangent, but I just had this thought. On this podcast? Never. Has there ever been... Uh, a Superman Batman story. We're not the right people to ask. This is no. for the audience. Yeah. This is for Dre. Has there ever been a Superman Batman story where Bruce buys the Daily Planet and forbids them from writing Superman stories? I don't know about forbidding them from writing Superman stories, but I do know that in universe, Bruce Wayne is at least a partial owner of the Daily Planet because they make reference to it in the Hush comic. Okay. Because when... Bruce visits Metropolis. He stops by the Daily Planet to like say hi to Clark. Like basically tell him like I'm here doing my thing. Leave me alone. Right. Um, and like bring flowers to Lois. And Perry makes comments like, "Oh, like let me take you out to lunch. The least I can do for like the the owner of the Daily Planet." Okay. So I just feel like that'd be such a like spiteful thing to just <laughs> hit Clark. I I think I think just knowing Clark. I think for for Bruce knowing that he writes. Clark Kent's checks at the end yeah. of the day is enough. Yeah, on on both fronts. Yes, yeah, it's true. He funds him at home and as the league. Yeah, but also at the same time, like Clark is not so petty as to care. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just purely for Batman's ego. If anything, Clark's probably pretty smug about it. it's like, cool. He's like, well, if <laughs> okay. you don't want to talk Superman, I have these great articles about the farming district in Smallville. Yeah. Like, you know what? Just write your Superman story. Just write your Superman story. God damn it, Clark. Um, but yeah, it's so all this you know builds to one of your favorite moments in all of it the finally happened the cardboard world speech i thought it was much bigger than this <laughs> yes i think you always referred to it as the paper town speech i did even <laughs> in my notes i wrote it as the, like, the paper town moment and i'm like oh wait it's cardboard it's the cardboard world yeah you're, you're close it's close enough it's in the ballpark yeah but what what i what i love about how that speech starts off is it begins by Darkseid making a comment about Batman's like, oh, you're still trying. And Superman says, like, that man will not stop as long as there's a breath left in his body, nor will the rest of my team. And that's where it starts. And then he gets in the whole. Yeah, but I'm different. Yeah, but I'm just oh, it's and it, it is a great speech. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, so the, the speech is great. We don't have to recite it. I have it here if we want to, but we don't have to. Let's not. Um, we could not do as good of a job as George Newbern. We so. could never. Never come close. Um, the punch afterwards mm-hmm. is there's a, a series that's been going on on TikTok right now of a guy trying to find the greatest single punch in animation history. Oh, okay. And I would nominate this for like maybe top five. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Like the punch to a sonic boom Mm -hmm. where like the whole, like there's no audio, the whole thing goes silent and just the whole like screen freezes for a second. Yeah. And then just explodes through the city. And and just the way it's drawn like they've drawn it so that you can see that Superman is putting his whole weight into it. It's not like he's just throwing it. Like he is coming in at an angle. He's like twisting his whole body to get as much momentum as he possibly can. Yeah. Just showing how powerful he can be. It was, yeah, it's so good. It It is, it is great. And it's, it's not, it's, it's kind of similar to the speech he has to Darkseid in Twilight a little bit. Now, even then we're like, wait, is this the moment when it, Right. When it happens. And this one's better. I'd say it's, it's a little bit sharper written, a little more fun and bombastic. Um, but it is, it's, it almost feels like most of the episodes just building towards that moment of him just like really unleashing. Letting loose. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and he thrashes dark side. I mean, he create like, he punches him into the ground, knocks him, what, probably at least like a mile across town through several buildings, soup, like flips over smash him in the ground. We think he's going to get the upper hand, but then of course the agony ray. It's like the, the agony. It's like the agony matrix or something. It's like such a very dark side way of everything's a matrix. Yeah. Everything is some word for pain and it's a matrix. He unleashes that. And it's, you know, what does he say? Like the, the worst pain you could ever imagine times a thousand forever. Yeah. And but I don't have to explain it to you. Exactly. You're experiencing, You're experiencing it. it. So like all this has been going on and, and obviously Lex seemingly ran away earlier, but Metron's there and it, it's not clear, but it sort of seems like only he can see and talk to Metron or that are, everyone else is just so distracted. They're not paying attention to yeah. it, but he's, you know, tells Metron who was, who popped up in the last episode, like, Hey, you knew this is going to happen. You have to help. And Metron says, Oh, there's maybe one thing the dark side wants more than anything else. And I can take you to it. So he takes Lex to the source wall, mm-hmm. which I meant to look up and I forgot to, but it's, I think it's supposed to be like kind of the edge of the universe. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Sort of thing. And it's this, it's this very unsettling wall that's like built out of like frozen stone faced beings. A character that looks very similar to Galactus, but is not yeah. Galactus. And and it it's very I mean it's very Kirby. I'm assuming yeah, very this, Kirby. Yes. I'm assuming this probably came from Kirby way back in the day. Again, I should have looked it up. I didn't. Um, but they he says that what Darkseid wants is beyond this wall. But like you have to be a 12th level intellect to survive it. Of course, Lex being Lex, like well then I'm overqualified. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you smug fucking asshole, smug son of a bitch. So into the source wall he goes. Um. And when he returns, as you mentioned earlier, he shows up in his power suit mm-hmm. and he has what Darkseid has always wanted, the anti-life equation. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Um, and it's the only thing that distracts Darkseid away from trying to kill Superman because beyond his want for revenge, this is the thing he's always want, which is like, and I, I feel like maybe the anti-life equation is like, it's almost MacGuffin-esque. It seems like depending on the universe, the DC universe is slightly differently defined. My understanding of it is that it's supposed to be something that basically eliminates free will. Yes. It is total control. Yeah. 
So this is what Darkseid has always wanted. Um, so Lex presents it to him, and then they like there's this like swirling dust of clouds, and like stuff is being sucked into it, like a tornado, and this big explosion, and seemingly they're gone. Without any real explanation, Superman thinks they're dead, and Batman says, I doubt either of them are actually dead. Of course, you got to leave it semi-open-ended. Now, I, I was kind of like, what What did happen here? And so I did see that Dwayne McDuffie has said that Darkseid and Luther became part of the source wall, which is what happens when you oh. solve the anti-life equation. So that would sort of imply that all those beings were beings that had solved the anti-life equation and then became part of the source wall, which... Again, that that is probably like a piece of lore from the comics. My issue is it feels a little quick, a little easy, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, okay, so sure, if, one, if that's what happens, like, I almost kind of wanted some level of explanation there as to what happened, but I guess they want to leave it, you know, kind of open-ended. But also, it's it's very interesting, like, this thing would exist that once you possess it, you are no, you immediately become unable to use it because you bond with the source wall. Like, oh, yeah. Created by Jack Kirby. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. One. What is the point of trying to ever achieve it? Because you'll never be able to use it. Y- yes. I, I wonder if there was a way not trying to pitch a two parter. <laughs> I mean, it would not be the Tim talk finale. If you did yes. not find a way to pitch a two parter. I do kind of wish like, metron was the narrator for this episode okay so like the episode opens with metron at the source wall already Mm -hmm. and you have some monologue of like i am the being who makes sure the timeline keeps going some nonsense start the episode there have metron kind of like almost like from like the what if series like he's he's a watcher he's like yeah you see him in the background of these shots mm-hmm. of like do i intervene do i intervene do i intervene and then finally it's lex he's like i have the answer for you mm-hmm. bring him to the source wall you could even i mean like you don't need an explanation we want an explanation but like you can kind of get away with it right now i'm curious if like what if dark side knew if he touches like he has to figure it out without touching it okay uh yeah i think but yeah now it's getting really clunky of like lex does the like instead of making a deal he's doing the sacrifice play yeah where, like he touches the like has he moves the equation to dark side and that's like sucks him into the portal and it ends with metron at the wall it's like the timeline can continue mm-hmm. we're never at peace but we're always moving forward and then in the background you see dark you don't see lex but you see oh, dark that, side that would have been interesting in the wall yeah I, I yeah i think you're right i think they could have done like a t- without taking up too much time they could have done something kind of along those lines because it, it just i think especially for the the finale of this whole thing you know this this huge threat that's brought back from like, like crazy crazy circumstances like one in a million shot that we'd ever see dark side return and then for him to just kind of get plucked out felt like a lack of resolution for me a little bit. It just felt a little bit convenient. Um, you know, this is kind of what I meant earlier by this episode feels like to some degree, it's just kind of playing the greatest hits. Yeah. Uh, which is not, and it does it very well. Like that is not fully a criticism. You know, I, I think it also knows how to bring those kind of moments back and have them work, but it did feel like they needed a quick out 
And so this is what they came up with, and it just feels a little convenient. Yeah, I think also just having the parademons the whole time. Like, I wanted to see the other generals. Oh, yeah. I didn't like, know that. I feel like you would have the B-tier, B-T-C, B-tier, C-tier leaguers and the villains fighting the parademons, and then you have Giganta and uh, Wonder Woman fighting. Like, Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness, Baron yeah. Wunderbar. Yeah. Well, I mean, Baron Wunderbar is obviously being fought by the question. Uh, obviously. <laughs> obviously. I mean, but I also feel like they... I think they, they recognize the limitations of their own time, like the time they had to write this sort of, like not time to write it, but like run length of the episode. Because something else I saw pointed out was that um, in, so at the end of Alive, Lex shows up with the Legion and then a bunch of League members run out to face them. That shot is teased um, in the, End credits as they as they do with Justin Limited, they sort of tease what's coming up next in like those end credit shots, similar to the way the shots are teased in the, the opening sequence. Yeah, and in every tease version of that, Orion, Dark Side Sun, is amongst the league. In the actual final version, in the, the episodes in both Alive and Destroy, Orion's not there. In the same way that, to your point, Granny Goodness, Baron Vunderbar, all these people aren't there. And I think they re- realize that to include any of these other characters would have to expand out the story because mm-hmm. they're a big part of that. And even after Darkseid disappears, all of a sudden his his army just decides to leave. It's like, oh, he's defeated. Everyone just leaves. Again, a little bit convenient. I think if you had any of those generals that we know, those established characters still on Earth, we would feel like they would keep fighting or we have to have a moment where they decide to give up versus being able to just write it off in a newscast of, oh, they all left. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there's also a point they brought up in the last episode of before they were going to go to Earth, they were going to take over New Genesis. Yeah. And so I feel like... Did they? Yeah, and I'm trying to think, like, how could you write that in of, like, what if the villains come and the heroes don't believe Lex? Like, this is just another one of his scams. Yeah. Then the first boom tube opens... And Lex is like, see, see, and then that is Orion. Yeah. And he's fully distraught. And he like, you see him go to Batman, which is he would never do. Mm-hmm. Or even like go to the Flash. Yeah. Being like, Dark Side's coming. And yeah. that's when everyone's like, oh fuck. Right. Yeah, because he says he's gonna go off and do it, and the only character we see is um Light Ray. Yeah. Showing up for a second, just again without any dialogue to help the Legion. But it's like, well, why are you here? Like if Darkseid did go to New Genesis, shouldn't you be there fighting? Shouldn't you be dead? Shouldn't you be going out seeking help? Maybe he was. I don't, right. kn- yeah, I yeah. don't know. But yeah, they, they, I think they just kind of wrote that in to explain why Darkseid just doesn't care anymore about the the pact with New Genesis or why none of those characters show up here. But again, like, I, I mean, all of this... Like maybe that's where his generals are. Like, may, you know, Maybe. Whatever. Yeah, possibly. Like, And I think maybe all of this is just in the service of getting this thing as concise, as tight as possible to focus on primarily that fight between Superman and Darkseid and then allowing a lot of those fun little character moments we've been describing that happen with the other leaguers, you know, John with his catapult, Zatanna with the, the doves, um, Shayera trying to destroy the machine. The, you know, those little things, I feel like they were just like, hey, let's get this as quick and concise as possible and maybe have to take a little few shortcuts here and there to do it, which I understand. Yeah. I understand why they did it. So, but it all, world saved, and now it's like, okay, what do we do with the Legion? Um, one Roman says, lock him up. And he, uh, they're like, we just help you save the world. Like, seriously, nothing. 
And Batman's like, okay, five minute head start, which is kind of, it's, it's so good. It's so good. But you also know that like in that time he put a tracker on all of them. Oh he, yeah. He already had trackers on all of them already. I'm sure. But they're like, wait, are you serious? And one of them just stands there. It's like four minutes, 50 seconds. And so they, they run off. Um, and then the, the last, the last kind of little bit moments here kind of save to wrap things up with the league. So um, Jean is on the phone with his presumed wife it's like saying, you know, I love you. I'll be home soon. And then there was a line from The Flash that really threw me. I don't know if you were thrown by this as well. Not him too? No, he says, what like, he say? like this is the end times. And he says it in a weird way. Like, I only caught it because I, I watched it with subtitles. And I was like, wait, what happened mm-hmm. there? And he, I think what that is is him sort of, like, saying kind of to himself, like, oh, my God, John Jones has found love before I do. That was how I, because now every male leaguer is in a relationship. I mean, well, Batman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, him and Wonder Woman, it's still a question mark. Well, I mean, but he has Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, he's got a flirtation with Wonder Woman and Catwoman and Talia. Yeah. Yeah, he has his he has his rogues gallery and his <laughs> his rouge gallery. Yes, thank you. Ooh. <laughs> um obviously Superman has Lois, Batman yeah. maybe has Wonder Woman plus others. Yeah. GL has uh, Vixen. Vixen and kinda Shira. Yeah. Yeah, and then poor poor Wally. I mean, Wally maybe has Giganta. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird moment. Yeah, it was kind of kind of came out of nowhere, but also like it's kind of cute at the same time. Yeah, but like there's also like a long running joke with the Flash, like he's only being a hero for the women. Right. Yeah. And so the fact that like the guy who stopped being a hero is the one that got married. It's like, yeah. Come on. Really, really. Um, but yes, yeah, like that's the last little kind of beat there. And then as they're as they're kind of walking out of the Metro Tower, um, you know, Superman says to Batman, like, really, five minute headset, you're getting soft in your old age. And I love Batman's retort here. Like, don't you have a tall building you got to go leap it's over? It's so good. And then I love it. I mean, the final line of the whole universe is one Roman saying, and the adventure continues. Mm-hmm. And it's it's at that point that then I start, it starts to, like, get me kind of emotionally of, like, this final thing. And so then the Legion runs off, and then the League, like, runs down the steps in classic superhero fashion. Yeah, it's very, like, end of a play yeah. doing the final vows. And I, I thought this was really quite cool. I guess there's actually a very specific order. Oh, like they, is it uh, when they were first created? Uh, sort of. They are grouped by mostly creators. That's great. That's even better. So, you know, so kind of like going through the list here, if we shall. Buona Beast and Metamorpho are both created by um, Bob Haney. Mm-hmm. Steel by uh, Louis Simonson. And then the question, Captain Adam, the Creeper, Hawk and Dove, all Steve Ditko. What a man. Um, this is not a creator, but a group. But Stargirl, Stripe, Crimson Avenger, Vigilante, Shining Knight, the Seven Soldiers of Victory, as yep. we discussed earlier in the season. Uh, Our Man, Dr. Midnight, Wildcat, Dr. Fate, Justice Society of America. Mm-hmm. Vibe, Vixen, Commander Steel, and Gypsy are the Justice League Detroit. Booster Gold, Elongated Man, Fire and Ice are Justice League International. Uh, Satana, the Atom, Red Tornado, Black Canary, Green Arrow are Justice League Satellite Era. I'm not sure what that is, but whatever. And then Sounds the la- very 90s, doesn't it though? And then the last group are the original seven. Um, and then of course the the final group to leave is of course the Trinity: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And then the final shot is Batman running towards the camera, and it goes to black going into his emblem. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this started with Batman, so of course it's going to end with Batman. Yeah. But. Oh man. I mean, I, look, this episode is super fun. I think it is a little bit of the greatest hits. It does work for me on an emotional level on a, on a couple points, especially like that, that final little bit there, the music's playing in, it's big and triumphant. They're all, it, 
I, it's, they're all running away. I did realize today, though, it's the Joel Schumacher ending of them running towards camera. It's how Joel Schumacher ends Batman Forever and Batman and Robin is them all running. I mean, it's the it's their apology for making fun of him earlier in the show. That's true. <laughs> but, but it works. It totally. It totally works. It totally works here. I, like with how they like they couldn't do the ending like last time like no. like we said like season two has the best ending and mm-hmm. like, we can still agree on that i was gonna ask yeah do you do you think at the end of the day the ending of the cadmus arc that episode season two finale is a better ending than this one um i do yeah and i don't mean to bring it up again but teen titans, in teen titans. <laughs> <laughs> um they have this very similar ending and i think like how Teen Titans does their two-part finale for this very similar setup. Is, is mm-hmm. season five of Teen Titans is them trying to expand the Titan system. They're, yeah. they're making their own JLU, mm-hmm. uh, and basically, like their comms have been decoded, and um, the villains have been using them. So every time they give a communicator to a team member, the villains know where that person is, and they've been tracking them and kidnapping all of the people oh, they've been recruiting. This does sound vaguely familiar. Yeah, and so then it's down to I think it's just Robin, or maybe it's just like the the core team. Yeah, they walk in and they realize that everyone on the league has been frozen, mm-hmm. uh, and they're now like statues for the brain and um, Minsu Amala. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a great moment where it's like control freak, or it's one of the like very c-tier d-tier villains yeah is like robbing a bank and he turns around and you see just the core titans and then the frame zooms out and it's every member of the titans there to stop the one bank robbery oh i do remember this and now it's yeah like such a great little moment that is fantastic i i think that's obviously a more comedic way and you can yeah. do it because they're teenagers yeah like, and in the that tone of that show has always been a little more comedic yeah i i am imagining like Two fate like the Riddler <laughs> is like setting up a riddle and like like you know putting a bomb at a bank and then yeah. he turns around he's like Batman he's like guess again and then it's, 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 like, it's everybody it's like thirty members of the Justice League yeah <laughs> yeah I I agree I I think I think from a storytelling perspective the Cadmus arc works better of like this this thing that everyone keeps saying should not exist the League like actually it should and, and it's green arrow is the one who says that it should i think that works i think this whole season has been just more about fun and it's kind of like mm-hmm. well a, a lot of this stuff was wrapped up but let's just like unravel the threads just long enough to carry them along through the rest of the season and then kind of retie them off again i mean i think you get i would say more resolution to say the like shara john story in this season than we would have if we just ended at season two um you know I, I like this little mini arc we get for for jean um and I like I wouldn't trade away this season to have a better overall ending. Like this is I think fan service, but I don't mean that as an insult. I think it's done well. Right. Of like we know what you guys like, you know, we this one treats it with more pomp and circumstance, I suppose. It's more knowingly a finale in the way that it all kind of ties together. And you know, Yeah, it's a victory lap. It is. It totally is a victory lap. And and yeah, that th- this episode is a lot of fun in particular. And then just, yeah, that, that final sequence of all running off, you know, it, it 
if you think about it, it really kind of does make no sense whatsoever. But you don't care because it's just so much. Right. Because they would use boom tubes. Why, why are they running? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are they doing? A lot of characters that can fly are running. Like, yeah. Why would you? Why are you doing this? And like, you know, but it 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 is fun. It is very heartfelt. And it's it's a nice little place to end things. I will say for like background character for like the B tier mm-hmm. heroes, I like the sequence better here than I like the episode they're given in the Cadmus arc. Oh, okay. Sure. I feel like we see more of them here. And I feel like, like we talked about in grudge match, like mm-hmm. pre grudge match. It was a lot of me punch, you punch me, punch you punch. You're down. Yeah. Where this, like you would see like every team had their own combination. They did. Mm-hmm. And that was very fun to watch. Like no single spot felt the same. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There was a different dynamic a different visual style, different fight style going on across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It works well for me, I gotta say. Yeah. So. I know. Mm. Ah, and then it all, then it all ends. Yeah, I mean, this is the perfect transition into our short list. Or, say, yeah, our short list. So as we always do, we get to the end of a, a, a season. We go through all the episodes and decide what should be included on our short list, which, uh, Cameron, remind everyone of our rules that I actively ignore. Oh, man. I mean, it's been so long. What are the rules anymore? We don't have any rules anymore. The, Basically, pro- I'm a stickler and you're not this time. It, it, yeah, and a, a weird reversal of dynamic. No, like, the general rule we established way at the beginning was either it is canonically critical or mm-hmm. it is just an exceptional episode that people should watch. Yes. Yeah, Get we're trimming as much as we can yes. to just get the core story. Exactly, exactly. Which is very hard with this season. It is. And, you know, what we end up doing, the the... And the intent behind that is, like, if you were to tell someone, hey, here's this fun thing to watch. There's a lot of episodes. So here's the ones that are worth watching. The idea is, like, well, how can you make it easier for someone to go through and, you know, be able to skip the bad episodes? You know, there's a lot of websites that do this for, like, Star Trek, or I've done it before for a lot of the Star Wars animated series, Clone oh, yep, Wars, yep. Rebels. Like, so in the in that vein, the last two seasons of Justin Unlimited, our answer has been all of them. Mm-hmm. Both seasons had, like, one episode that was kind of on the fence, and we end up going, you know what? Forget it. It's so much easier to be like, hey, watch the whole season than watch everything but this one episode. Like, fuck it. Go ahead and include it. Yeah. So this one is going to be interesting because I feel like there's more stinkers, but we'll. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's there. There are some not great episodes, but even the not great episodes, there will be like two minutes of canon that you need to know to know the finale. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll, we'll start at the top here. I am Legion. Yes. Of course, we'll include the formation of the Legion of Doom. Uh, Shadow of the Hawk. So this is immediately we're getting into the, the situation. I I think this episode is fine. Yes. I If it wasn't for the end of... Uh, what's the... What's Ancient the history? Yes. If it wasn't for the, the single question point where John tells Shaira about Warhawk. Yes. I would say no to both of the episodes. But because of that one fucking line, we have to say yes to both of them. I, I am a, I have the exact same thought you are on this as well. I think you you could very easily like cut out that whole plot line. Yes, you have the, the single shot of Hawkman um, in the finale that you're like, wait, why is this character here? That aside, I agree with you. I think most of these two episodes are pretty unnecessary, but 
addressing the Warhawk thing, and and for me in particular, you know, a, a moment that I found very emotionally effective is when Shira asks Batman, like, "Tell me about my son," or mm-hmm. tells him, "Tell me about my son." I agree with you. I think those two episodes have to stay just for that alone. Yeah, so I think that is a great moment. Okay, so Shadow of the Hawk stays. Chaos at the Earth's core. What are, what are your thoughts on this one? Fuck no, this is a terrible episode. <laughs> this is yeah. my least favorite episode <laughs> in a long, long time. Um, so this I, is Moon of the Wolf for JLU. Exactly. Out, out it goes. Yeah. Atrocious on every level. Um, here's an interesting one. To another shore. Yeah. So we get so little of John this season. The only reason we would say yes to this is because it is when John formally leaves. Oh, I forgot about that. Canonically, actually, it is critical. Yeah, because we need to know that he retires. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Beyond that, there's a, there's stuff I really like in this episode. So this, remind me of everything that happened, because this, this is this the is, one where they're going to the Viking ship. Yeah, this is one where the Legion is trying to uh, get the corpse of like the viking prince viking king or whatever yeah. uh, who pl- is supposed to be immortal exactly a plot that goes nowhere because they end up giving him a literal viking funeral into the sun um canonically also it's i guess it's important because it's not important but it's where um they're trying to interrogate giganta and her mind gets fried by grod since brought up later on but a relatively small moment you kind of let slide yeah and this episode does make reference to what happened to um who was it in to another shore it wasn't um it was silver banshee and then who was the other person that was down there with them doesn't matter someone else got brain fried yeah um that was in the um no sorry not yeah crisis uh, at crisis Crisis yeah yeah um but you know we don't get a lot of episodes of folks on wonder woman i like what they do with her here in terms of her having that question of like how can i become more of a diplomat i'm a warrior but how to become more of a diplomat Mm -hmm. i know it's it can't be black manta because of the aquaman embargo it's a devil ray but i think devil ray is kind of cool and i to me it's because he looks identical he he just is he just so it it is just a a pr name change yeah it's like hey lex has his team like hey black manta we gotta talk about your persona we're gonna change it up a little bit we're just gonna try this out you're in a six-month trial yeah exactly you're the new coke yeah exactly it's a, but you're right i guess we have to keep it just for john's retirement but there's enough here that i, I would i feel comfortable including it because mm-hmm. there's some other good stuff so um flash and substance of course obviously incredible episode Great. probably the i'd say the best one of the season yeah probably if i were stopping thinking about it probably uh dead reckoning sorry this is the best one of the season <laughs> I, say, I i love i love dead reckoning um i love you dead, i thought you hated dead reckoning because of gorilla city I do hate that, <laughs> but it's Dead Man. I love Dead Man. Yeah. Um, also, it's canonically critical because it's where Lex leads a successful coup against Gorilla Grodd. Right. So, yeah, you're right. The fucking gorilla parts. It's still <laughs> so good. Crazy. Um, oh, here's an interesting one. Patriot Act. I said no. I'm going to agree with you on that one. I know Maddie turned me around on it and convinced me that it's a better episode than I had thought going into it. But it is not canonically necessary. It is not canonically necessary. And I still maintain that it unravels more of Cadmus stuff than it closes off. Mm -hmm. And there's not enough in there for me to warrant wanting to to ultimately keep it. So I'm agree with you. That's that's a no. I'm so sorry, Maddie. I've I've let you down for yet another problem the last time. 
let's not even the last time let's be honest yeah we still have a good 20 minutes on yeah this there's episode. still plenty of time <laughs> plenty of time for me to be another disappointment um the great brain robbery canonically no yeah but i like the episode i do too if i were to make a pitch for the one reason to include it it's for michael rosenbaum playing lex luthor as the flash yeah or whatever you want to describe it i i think that it's such a silly idea and it doesn't really go anywhere ultimately really well and also it's an episode like like we said this is a quote we've been talking about for five and a half years yeah and if you go to someone and you say that you watch jlu and you don't know that quote yeah like you didn't watch jlu <laughs> it's true that's you know it's a good point it's got to stay just for that quote alone yeah i mean that's that's not story cannot like canon, but that is like culture canon. Yeah, it's got it's got to say it's yeah. a meme. It's got to say exactly. Uh, grudge match. Look, I think grudge match. I love the episode. Mm-hmm. I, I love pit fighting <laughs> and wrestling, but I I think grudge match opens up a uh, a loophole that is so big that it would be better if we just don't include this episode. I understand where you're coming from, and, and I, I appreciate you using my uh, Patriot Act argument against me. I always appreciate <laughs> that. I, and I, I recognize where my bias comes in on this, but I, I love Huntress and Black Canary so much, and I felt like Double Date is obviously the much better episode, but I love that this episode gives us more of mm-hmm. their dynamic together um i want to keep it i mean i'm i there's very little holding me back from okay yes so let's say yes okay i i think there's i agree with you the whole comms loophole thing is absurd but i like it i want to i want to keep yeah it. me too it's fun all right um and then pretty much it's i think it's pretty much automatic yes we'll go through them anyways far from home yep canonically critical the departure of supergirl also a pretty good episode yeah uh, ancient history and yeah yeah again just for the for the two minutes keeping it for the aforementioned it sucks reasons to say okay to 50 minutes for two minutes i know but you know what it's worth it it is it's worth it and then of course alive and destroyer of course are, are, are yes on on both of those so you know because they're great so that's pretty good i mean we basically just cut out two one can oh, make, wow. yeah. one can make the argument we're better off just saying all of them once again um but I hate chaos of the earth core with so much passion that I would rather have a short list. I would have made a short list just to get rid of that episode. <laughs> it's because it's such a stinker beyond even like the kind of mild stinkers of the previous two seasons of this show. Like this yeah. one's, I'm just like, fuck it. I hate this episode so much. I get rid of it. I don't want it. Um, okay. So given that uh, just for the hell of it, because we're here and I have it all written down. Shall we revisit all of our short lists real quick? Just like, oh wow, I, I I kept them all. So that's I you know I wish I because I I take notes in my on my notes app on my phone. Oh, that's all I live off my notes app. Yeah, and I don't know how you do it. Every time we do a new episode, I'll just erase what I wrote for the previous week. Same. Episode. Yeah, I've deleted all my old notes. Yeah, yeah I kind of wish I would have kept some of them. Same. Yeah, I, I kind of do too as well. Um, the the OCD in me. Yeah, the or, earliest note that I still have are my bonus episode ideas. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I still have some other random random stuff in here that we just never did. Yeah, um, my Scoob review. 
We did scoop. I know, but I kept the note. Okay. <laughs> it's like, we, we not only do we do scoop, I gave you a whole Scooby-Doo episode. I gave you, like, it was a fucking gift. Like, we did a full Scooby-Doo Yeah, episode. you enjoyed that just as much as I did. I did. It's Honestly, it's probably one of my favorite episodes we ever did. Because <laughs> we're asinine. Best Christmas specials. I still have that note. Yeah. I, I still reference that note every now and then. Yeah. I, I think I, did I keep it? I think I kept, maybe I finally deleted. No, I, I kept our list of most franchised actors because I want to keep that data. We've spent so much time <laughs> so much research. that data. I'm not letting that information go. <laughs> so, yeah, I've kept a few random things here and there, but uh, I did keep all of our short lists, some of which we, in hindsight, realized we never actually did. We've gone back and subsequently created them. So yes, going from the top here. So for all of BTOS, we just kind of included it as one big long list rather than breaking up um, by seasons. But here we go. On Leather Wings, Christmas with the Joker, Nothing to Fear, Pretty Poison, Point of View, aka POV, Two Face Parts 1 and 2, Heart of Ice, The Cat in the Claw, Parts 1 and 2, Beware the Grey Ghost, Feet of Clay, Parts 1 and 2, Joker's Favor, Vendetta, The Clock King, Appointment in Crime Alley, Perchance to Dream, Robin's Reckoning, Parts 1 and 2. Of course. The Laughing Fish, The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne, Heart of Steel, Parts 1 and 2, If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich? Our, our favorite episode, Joker's Wild, Almost Got Him, Birds of a Feather, I Am the Knight, Off Balance, The Man Who Killed Batman, Zatanna, The Mechanic, Harley and Ivy, Shadow of the Bat, Parts 1 and 2, The Demon's Quest, Parts 1 and 2, His Silicon Soul, Read My Lips, Trial, House and Garden, Harlequinade, Bane, Baby Doll, Riddler's Reform, Harley's Holiday, Make Him Laugh, and Batgirl Returns. So we compress the original... What was it like? 85 something episodes down to 49, which is pretty good. It's interesting going back and looking at this list from what I vaguely recall of some of these. I feel like we were more generous back in the day than we are now. Well, I think a lot of those are character introductions. I think and some that, of them like, are. Whenever there's a new character, we have to include, we have to add it to the I, list. I think so. Yeah. And some of it is really good. Like we include a lot of good Joker episodes. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any ones that I'm like, wow, we really kept this. Um, I guess we kept it off balance because, yeah, that's a character introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, man, no, we met Talia before then, right? No, that's the introduction of Talia. Okay, then, yeah, we had. Yeah. Um, interesting. We, I, I'm kind of surprised we kept his Silicon Soul and Heart of Steel. I feel like those weren't great. Uh, Hard Act. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember really liking those in particular. I think they like they were setting up Hard Act to be like this big character. Yeah. And I think he, I mean, he literally just vanished. Yeah. Um, it's interesting we get like trial. That's a little bit of a surprise in there for me. Um, it's well, like you have to remember a lot of these. I probably said, you, no you probably, yeah, so this is you. Wait keeping a <laughs> I do feel like in the early days, I, I, I was stricter. I feel like, no, we, you've always, really? I've always been the strict okay. one. Fine. But Hey, you know what? That's still a pretty solid list. Uh, yeah. Cut almost half. Yeah. Uh, no, we cut about a third, about a quarter. Yeah. So um, we're at 40, 49 of 85. I think so. The third. Okay, whatever. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't math. I don't math anymore. I'm a podcast producer. I don't have to math. Um, new Batman Adventures. Holiday Nights. Sins of the Father. Joker's Millions. Growing Pains. The Ultimate Thrill. Over the Edge. Oh. Old Wounds. The Demon Within. Legends of the Dark Knight. Girls Night Out. Mad Love. And Beware the Creeper. It's a great season. Great season. Uh, uh, okay. Superman season one, uh, the last son of Krypton parts one through three fun and games. Toy man. Of course. Ah, toy man. I have such a bigger appreciation for toy man after this season. Fucking love him so much. A little piece of home feeding time, the way of all flesh, stolen memories, 
My Girl, The Main Man, Parts 1 and 2, Tools of the Trade, and Two's a Crowd. Good list there. What was Two's a Crowd? Doesn't matter. Uh, Superman Season 2, Speed Demons, Identity Crisis, Mixius Pixelated. Fantastic episode. World's Finest, Parts 1 through 3. Maybe one of the high points of all of the DCAU, I would say. The Late Mr. Kent, Heavy Metal, Apocalypse Now, Parts 1 and 2, and Little Girl Lost, Parts 1 and 2. Superman Season 3, Where There's Smoke, Nighttime, New Kids in Town, Little Big Head Man, In Brightest Day, and Legacy, Parts 1 and 2. Oh, Kyle Rayner. Oh, Kyle Rayner. Where did you go? Where did you go? I know. I mean, oh, well, we know where he is. You know, I feel like Superman kind of gets... It's pre- for a pretty forgotten series. I feel like people don't talk about it as much. But, like... And there's some stinkers. We, we, we trimmed this thing down pretty well. But, like, honestly, we still have, what, 13, 12, 7... So, what, 32 episodes? Mm-hmm. These are all pretty damn good episodes, actually. Yeah. And, like, when we were watching... I remember talking about it when we were watching Superman. Like, it was doing so much to set up everything else. Yeah. I mean, it, it really... It's... Honestly, more so than BTOS, and I think we can, again, attribute the the bat embargo to a big part of that, but more so than even BTOS, Superman is setting up pretty much all of the key parts of Just League, and especially Just League Unlimited. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like Superman's rogues gallery is under-recognized. Everyone talks about Batman's rogues gallery, but, like, think about Superman's rogues gallery. So, you mean, uh, Toy Man, Parasite, Metallo, Volcana. Lex. Lex. I mean, Le- I mean Lex. Yeah. One of the greatest villains of all time, especially in this iteration. Um, I mean, Lobo's kind of like sort of an the anti-hero of sort. But like, I mean, uh, uh, Apocalypse, Mixius Pixelic. You know, I mean, there's really, really good villains all through this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, again, Volcana I think, is pretty cool too. I, I love um, Volcana. Uh, who's the electric Live Wire? Live Wire. Love Live Wire. Live Wire is great. I mean, again, Roxy Rocket is one of my favorite one off uh, villains. She's Batman, though. Oh, right. But she, yeah, appears in, in, she appears in the beginning of Nighttime. Yes. But, yeah, we um, first see her in a Superman episode. No, we first, we see, watch we that we first see her in, um, uh, oh, fuck, what's the episode called? The Ultimate Thrill. New Batman Adventures. Okay, did we did we watch it out of order then? No, we watched we would watch it in order. I'm pretty sure we would watch it. I mean, we, we were going back and forth yeah. that time. So yeah, who, yeah who we were doing knows? one and one. Yeah, we were kind of going back and forth. But again, I think an underappreciated series. Uh, okay, Batman Beyond, <laughs> yeah. a show that maybe does not hold the same glow uh, in my eyes as it did when we first started. Um, but season one's pretty solid here. Yep. Rebirth, uh, Blackout, Meltdown, Shriek, Dead Man's Hand, Spellbound, Disappearing Ink, A Touch of Curare. And Ascension, good episodes. Season two, Splicers, Hidden Agenda, Bloodsport, Once Burned, Revenant, Babel, Terry's Friend, Dates of Robot. I'm very glad we kept that one in there. <laughs> I witnessed the Egg Baby, an episode that should be way worse than it actually is. Uh, Plague and Ace in the Hole. Oh, Ace. Ace in the Hole. That one, that one was oh. for you. That was my my gift to you. That's Let right. Us keep that. That's right. I mean, that's true. You you yeah. You do give me the occasional gift with this. Uh. Season three, we cut way down. That's mm-hmm. a 13 episode season. We got that down to just King's Ransom, Inkling, Out of the Past, and The Call Parts 1 and 2. That that final season was not particularly great, unfortunately. Yeah. Which will we'll connect with which, my show in a second. Segways very nicely into Zeta Project. Oh, yeah. Um, which we just did one short list across both seasons. And we got it down to five episodes, <laughs> which I think it might even be That's ge- very generous. Generous on our part. Well, I think, is that including like the two parter? Uh, um, yes. Um, I think Wired was a two-parter, maybe. I think there is a two-parter. I just listed as one episode here. Okay, so okay, maybe it's fine. actually six. But, 
uh, Absolute Zero, mm-hmm. which I think was the the episode the, one of season two. Yeah, which we decided was a better series premiere yeah. than anything else. So we have Absolute Zero, Wired, Lost and Found, Quality Time, and Hologram Man. I think those were all of season two. I think we cut the entire season one. I think one. we pretty much did cut. I have to go back and look. I think we did pretty much cut all of season one. Or or Absolute Zero might have been the season one finale, which we actually thought. That's right. Yeah, That's we, what it was. So the season one's finale served as a better series premiere than the actual series premiere did. Yes. Um, and then, all right, we're into to your baby here, Static Shock, mm-hmm. which I feel like maybe you had a similar journey with Static that I had with Batman Beyond. Very similar. In the many Shack episodes that we had to cut uh, th- for time. <laughs> <laughs> Except we didn't. <laughs> it's a frustrating did I thing. Keep, did I keep it on the list? Season one of Static Shock, Shock to the System, Aftershock, The Breed, They're Playing My Song, Sons of the Fathers, an amazing oh, episode, mm-hmm. uh, Bent Out of Shape, and Junior. Season two, The Big Leagues, Static mm-hmm. Shack. Yep. <laughs> the most important episode, canonically. I, I don't remember how I eventually decided to let it keep. I mean, I guess we can now use the It's a Meme yeah <laughs> reasoning it just we have so many kids wb promos with Shaq. we have to have a reason why you know what, that's what we missed in this finale was just a cut to uh dakota city and it's Shaq dunking on one of the, <laughs> on one of the parent events exactly oh my god i wish i wish i'll animate that just for us I'll, thank you I'll, I, I will go through the effort of animating i that. appreciate that uh so after static Shaq was frozen out pop's girlfriend bad stretch and jimmy Mm-hmm. Another good episode. Yeah. Season three, Hard as Nails, Gear, Static in Africa, which we've Ooh. deemed as our favorite episode of the whole series. I think mm-hmm. rightfully so. Shebang, uh, A League of Their Own, Parts 1 and 2, Romeo in the Mix. We included that? I'm, I'm blaming you on that one. I, I mean, it's probably my fault. I this can't imagine why I, I would have let that in. There must have been something in Was that Was there episode. something canonically critical? I think that's when they, I think that's when we learned that Rubber Band Man and Ebon are brothers. I, no, I don't think we learned that at the very end. I think that was a retcon at the very end of the series. No, because it's in one episode in the middle of the season, and they never mm, bring it up again. Maybe. I don't know. There, there must have been a reason why we included that. Uh, I mean, I, you have a much greater love for little Romeo now, just Romeo, than I do, but still. Uh, Toys in the Hood. Of course, we had to of include course. a Toy Man episode. Uh, flashback. Another great episode. Yeah. Uh, Blast from the Past. Another really fantastic mm-hmm. episode, too. I think season three. That Yeah, that was its peak. Banging season, that one. Oh, my God. Static Shock Season 4. I hope you guys are enjoying me just listening shit. Hey. Um, it's, a, it's a nice trip down memory lane, though. It's it good, is. It's a good refresher for all the things we've covered as we get into like one of our final topics here. So, yeah. uh, Static Shock Season 4. Future Shock. Oh, anything with anything with my, my boy Terry. She Back, Out of Africa. Another great episode. Fallen mm-hmm. Hero, No Man's an Island, Where the Rubber Meets the Road, Wet and Wild, Kidnap, and Power Outage. Mm-hmm. All right. Getting towards the end here, Justice League Season 1. Obviously, these are all two or three parters. I'm just listing the titles alone. Secret Origins, In Blackest Night, Injustice for All, Paradise Lost, The Brave and the Bold, Legends, A Night of Shadows, and The Savage Time. Love Savage Time. That's such a good one. Season 2, Twilight, Tabula Rasa, Maid of Honor, Hearts and Minds, A Better World, The Terror Beyond, Hereafter. So good. Wild Cards, Comfort and Joy, and of course, Starcrossed. Now, I did mention earlier we had just included all of Justice League Unlimited Seasons 1 and 2. I will, for the sake of continuity here, go ahead and list them all anyways. Okay. So, Initiation for the Man Who Has Everything. Amazing episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the best. Yeah, one of the best. Uh, kid Stuff. Way more fun than it should have been. 
Hawk and Dove, the one we would have cut, but we kept it in for convenience sake. This Little Piggy, Fearful Symmetry, The Greatest Story Never Told, The Return, Ultimatum, Dark Heart, Wake the Dead, and The Once and Future Things, Part 1 and 2. Pretty much great episodes across the board. Mm-hmm. Just Lean Limited Season 2, The Cat and the Canary. The Ties That Bind, The Doomsday Sanction, Task Force X, The Balance, which I think would episode we probably would have cut. I think so. Yeah. Um, Double Date, Clash, Hunter's Moon, Question Authority, Flashpoint, Panic in the Sky, Divided We Fall, and Epilogue. And then, of course, with our... So if I can interject really quick. Please. Comparing Crisis at Earth's Core and Patriot Act, I feel like just to show how much we dislike one and not the other i think we should keep patriot act just so Chrysler of court is the only episode <laughs> in the entirety of the jlu we cut uh, i mean i'm i'm not entirely opposed to that because of the little bit of spite <laughs> i guess my my one counter argument is i really dislike how patriot act unravels cadmus but jk simmons And it is, it's the episode, because we've been asking for a while for a Vigilante and Shining Nine episode, and that is their episode. All right. You, you've changed my mind. Good. You've changed my mind. We will go ahead and keep it, which means that, yes, in all of Justly <laughs> Unlimited, only one episode, Chaos at Earth's Core, was, was cut, um, which is an argument to me that that's more canonically critical, kind of, than uh, even Patriot Act. But that means that for season three, our final season here, it is I Am Legion, Shadow of the Hawk, To Another Shore, Flash and Substance, Dead Reckoning, Patriot Act, making a last minute comeback here. The Great that was Brain, for you, Maddie. Yep, just for you. The Great Brain Robbery, Grudge Match, Far From Home, Ancient History, Alive, and Destroyer. So wow. that's pretty good. Uh, we'll, we'll find some way to put these lists out there for people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, because it's probably too long for Twitter. So we'll, we'll figure something out. I mean, we can take pictures and put it on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. We can put something up there. So... That goes to our short list, which I said was a, a nice little revisit here because we have two questions we're going to answer now that we've watched the entirety, the entirety of the DCAU. The first one being, what is the best series mm-hmm. in the entire universe? I'm going to let you start off with what you think it is. I it is it is very, very close. And I think if you ask me on different days, I will flip between them. Uh-huh. But on today... Because it is also the freshest, JLU is the best series. What would you have said to be the other one, the, the toss-up? I Agreed. I, I agree with you on both counts. Mm-hmm. I also think JLU is the best series. And you're right. Like, B-Toss is a weird one because it obviously it started it all. It's the most iconic. It's the one that most people know. It's yeah. the most referenced. It has done the most to inspire subsequent things down the line for for better or worse in the case of Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Or also for better or worse on the like tight grip Batman has on Warner Brothers. Yes. And Although, how it's the only franchise we're ever gonna get ever. I'm 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 more inclined to blame the Dark Knight than anything else on that. But I, I do agree with you. I think BTOS is a big part of that. I I think I think the reason ultimately I agree with you that it's JLU is the problem with BTOS is a lot of it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. We cut a third of it. Yeah. Like, and, and the stuff that's left is ranges from necessary to good to great. To Mm -hmm. be fair, there's great stuff in there, but 
I think subsequent series overall, I think, had better storytelling, particularly JLU. I, I actually, I mean, for me, I, I prefer new Batman adventures. I think there's better storytelling in that than in a lot of BTOS as well. Or there's I few, agree. There's, I, think there's, I think the big thing is there's fewer stinkers. Mm-hmm. BTOS has the most episodes, so it makes the sense that there'd be the most to cut, potentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, blast me, though, this, this might be. I think JLU is better. And I think for the most part, you could just put JLU in front of someone and they'll be able to follow along. Obviously, BTOS has the advantage of it. it introduces everything. Right. But, and, and JLU does make callbacks to previous things that happened. But I don't think they, I mean, we've included stuff as being canonically critical because we're putting together a whole list. But I think you could introduce someone to the story arcs of JLU and they would still mostly understand what's going on without needing too much intro. Right. So... Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I mean, we, we cut one episode. Yeah. <laughs> we probably, we could have cut one to four, but we always ended up cutting one. <laughs> we had to really show how much we disliked the one. Really, really show that. But I'm, I'm with you on that. I agree. Yeah. I, I think it's, and I we, do, I, I meant to do this this morning. I, I just ran out of time. I wanted to watch On Leather Wings. Right oh, after watching Destroyer. fuck. I should have done that. But we'll do that. We'll do that afterwards. We'll talk about it without microphones without microphones tomorrow <laughs> just on our of our own accord yes okay so i think we're in agreement on this i'm sure we're, people are gonna write in and tell us we're wrong but we're done with the podcast i so mean I don't have to i've had years ye- literally years since early high school i've had this question of what is the best superhero animated series and i think i've almost always either put jlu at one or two just behind static which we'll talk about <laughs> in a second but so many of my friends, we'd have hours of heated arguments for them saying why Justice League is better than JLU. Yeah. And I'm glad that I finally have someone on my side after watching all of it. Yeah. We can say JLU is better than Justice League. Oh, it 100% is. Yeah. Again, the problem with Justice League is, given that all of them are two-parters, or most of them are two-parters. Yeah. It's... Some are three. Some are three. Some of them are kind of slow. Yeah. Some of the storytelling is a little bit slow. And honestly, just a, there's a lot of ones that just aren't great that are pretty forgettable. There's like, what was the one with the, the fucking snake people? That one was awful. Oh yeah, the lizard folk. I don't even remember the name. It was awful. Like, I think I think that's ultimately it. It's like, I feel like you could give someone jail you and be like, hey, you may not know all these characters, but there's enough here for you to go along and understand it. To like someone completely fresh on it. I feel like you give someone Tosh, like, hey there's some real bad stuff in here, but deal with it. I think you have to do the same thing with Justice League too. Like, Hey, you gotta, there's like some real bad episodes, but there's some good ones. Like JLU, we could theoretically not have a short list for JLU. Right. Yeah. And we can, you know, every show is going to have at least one bad episode. It's fine here. But yeah. and I think a good example of that is, uh, when we had Maddie on for Patriot Act, how, uh, they showed it to their wife. Yeah. And, uh, like she had never seen any, anything JLU. Or anything Justice League. Yeah. And like of all episodes to see that one where there's no main league. No, no big leaguers at all. Yeah. And then she said she still really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like that's a good benchmark of like even an episode without the core. Yeah. It's still entertaining. That's a very good point. Yeah. I I think anyone can kind of just jump in and you know who at least the big hitters are across the board. Yeah. And you can do it. So yeah. Again, people write in and tell us we're wrong, but we don't have to care anymore. Yeah. okay so now it goes on to our second question mm-hmm. now that we've watched all of this we've yes. established which one is the best objectively the best we went into this having assumptions of what our favorite <laughs> was going to be 
Um, now that we've rewatched it, kind of what did you think your favorite was going to be or what was it at the time? And is it still the same now? That is a great question. And I'm glad that I thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we both came in with very strong opinions about our favorite shows. Yes, yes we Static, did. Static, I came in with... <laughs> coming in with such high hopes that coming static, hot yes hotter than hot streak uh that static was the best of these shows yeah and i will still hold like the the good episodes are great oh yeah 100 percent. i mean when we did that like rank the 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 best episodes of all time on the the um the with dca review and with mm-hmm. the, the watch our database team we included static in africa as one yeah. of the, the top five episodes of all time so. yeah it's incredible and it's like it's a show like a lot of the early 2000s shows directed towards like black communities that proud family feel more. Yeah. They did such a good job of balancing between entertainment and education. Yeah. Edutainment is my Edu- least favorite ed- word. Edutainment. I mean, I, I love a portmanteau, but that one's painful. Oh yeah. Mm. And it's the one that I hear the most, unfortunately. I bet you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The good episodes of static are incredible. Yeah. But the that. bad episodes of static there's a lot more than I thought. Woof. <laughs> and the fact that there was only one Shaq episode, <laughs> I will admit <laughs> there was only one. Your personal Mandela effect <laughs> of thinking there was like five static like episodes. One per season. Yeah. Easy. Um, yeah. So static came in as my number one It's probably dropped down to like maybe number three now. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, and, and obviously JLU is, is now my number one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but you you had a much deeper history with a lot more of these. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched. I did not watch BTOS when it aired. I was frankly too young. Yes, as uh, was I. You were not yet born when it exactly. <laughs> when it premiered, I, I was yeah I was too young to have watched it when it aired. So I caught up on a lot of that um, on reruns and on VHS. I've talked at length before about having like the the two best Riddler episodes mm-hmm. um, on vhs so that was an interesting one to go back and revisit and i've already kind of talked at length about how i think in my mind like the good stuff in there really shines through but the bad stuff was like oh that's pretty bad here um batman beyond definitely is not as good as i remember it being mm-hmm. um i i and we talked about this before i think a lot of the love for batman beyond falls onto that first season which and, is incredible. Which is good. There's, I mean, yeah, that, that first season is 13 episodes, and we only cut it down to nine, which is pretty good. Um, but also Return of the Joker. Yeah. Return, yeah, of, Joker, yeah. Return of the Joker is amazing. Um, you know, I, I have time for an argument that that's the best Batman movie over Mask of Phantasm. I prefer Phantasm, but I, I have time for that argument. Yeah. But yeah, overall, that series does not... It, that feels like a, a... Not a full waste of potential, but... As an adult, it doesn't hold up as well as it did when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, like we had the conversations for a while that like uh, Batman Beyond existed for a DC Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah, is their answer. To but I would guy. even argue that Static is a better Spider-Man yeah. than Terry is. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. So that I don't know if I necessarily went and think that would be my favorite, but it's it it does not hold the same shine that it did for me before. But looking back on all of this. New Batman Adventures is still my favorite. There's mm-hmm. a there's a lot of bad mm-hmm. stuff in there, mainly critters, Maddie. <laughs> but that has for me some of my all time favorites. And, and if I'm talking about just like go on, wanting to go on and 
throw on an episode just randomly for the hell of it. I mean, again, I'm going to look back on Over the Edge, Old Wounds, Legends of the Dark Knight, and Girls' Night Out. Those four are some of my all-time favorite episodes across the board and probably some of the episodes I've seen the most. I remember when it was like impossible to get a hold of any of this series for the longest time. It is yeah. universe longest time. Like it was, it took a long time for, for BTOS to end up on DVD. And I remember buying off of eBay, like ripped copies of the entire series. And of course they were out of order. They weren't labeled. And I went through until I could find over the edge. That was my primary goal is finding that episode first. And then I found some of the other ones as well. But, um, yeah, that's the one that I just, yeah. And I, like to, to have like the crossover, I, I still think the one of the most entertaining episodes of Static is Hard as Nails, mm-hmm. where you get to see the new Batman, yeah. uh, Harley, and Poison Ivy, and have that fucking banging soundtrack. Oh, that's them. a good one. It's a good, good soundtrack on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's that, that I mean, admittedly, that, I watched all that when it aired. I was eight years old when it was on. Right. It, it was, was prime, prime, prime Chris. Prime for me. Um yeah, that, that will always be my favorite. I think nothing's going to sway me from that. I mean, that being said, I think it's very clear to say, like, the greatest thing to come out of the DCU period, Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. Unquestionably. Unquestionably. We're talking about the series specifically. The the movie kind of gets a pass for just being a fucking masterpiece. Even even Robert Pattinson recently made a comment about how, like, the only, in his mind, the only Batman movie so far that's really dived into, like, how fucked up Bruce Wayne's psyche is, is Mask of the Phantasm. And I was like, good on you, man. His photo shoot over the past oh week his gq photo shoot remarkable yeah it is the greatest like callback to bad 2000s ranging from like that to bad early 20 teens like he he's so good at looking horrible he he is and i i i appreciate how few like he cares about his work and his art but he gives no fucks about the rest of it. Oh yeah, his public image, he could care. Like I there was an interview, I think the GQ interview where they were talking about he almost got fired from Twilight. Yeah. Uh cuz there was a scene where he's introducing uh Bella to his family in the mm-hmm. first movie where they uh stopped halfway through for lunch and the director came up and he's like if you do that again, just be <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> you were fired by the end of the day. My god. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. And, and if anything, like that, I don't give a fuck of it all works really well for Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So very curious to see what happens with that. Um, but I also want to uh, include a little note here because we did ask people, Hey, write in, what are your favorites? And, uh, our lovely Ashley Clark. Thank you. Wrote Ashley. in, uh, and said that, uh, of all the Tim verse, I have to say that the one I returned to the most is Betos. Totally understandable. An amazing call. Uh, there's a reason why it is the show people point to as an example of what superhero storytelling can be. It is the best version of Batman thus far, and I credit it for being the reason there is a shift in storytelling right now in comics, like with Wayne Family Adventures. This is the Batman that millennials and older Gen Zers grew up with, and its influence is more obvious as they become the predominant storytellers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, agreed. Uh, so thank you for writing in. She also sent us like a lovely little goodbye note as well. So thank you, Ashley. Thank we you, really Ash. appreciate that. Thank you for being with us for probably longer than oh my most god. of our listeners. Oh my god! Wait, it's, the fact that you've listened to all of this is yeah. continuously a, a, a gift. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that covers kind of all of uh, our, our recap of everything. This, of course, being our episode, we have to do plugs. 
one last I, I wasn't series. sure we were going to do pugs today. Sorry, I forgot to mention up top. He has okay. one last series of plugs. Uh, do you want me to go first? You have time to come up with something? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so I have two things that I checked out recently. One is uh, Beware the Batman. It's on HBO Max. I've never seen it. How is it? I can understand why it's forgettable, but yes. it's fine. It's not bad by any stretch. It's just, it's so different. Like, you know, the the art style in particular was a big leap from Batman animated series to the Batman. I think the storytelling still maintained pretty consistently, at least for the first two seasons of the Batman. But with Beware the Batman, like, everything's different. It's the first time they did a, a CG animated version, and mm-hmm. it, it does look, I'm not going to say cheap, but also doesn't look expensive. Yeah, I, I, I remember I saw the trailer for it, and it gave me the same reaction when I first saw the trailer for the Green Lantern series. Yeah. And, like, I forgave it for the Green Lantern series because it's Green Lantern. Of course, yeah. Um, so I should be as forgiving for, for this one. Yeah. It's, you know, it's fine. I think the the design is it's different i what i appreciate about it is that it's it's kind of unlike any other batman thing that i've i've seen in some ways um you know it's like it focuses a lot on batman alfred and then katana now i'm i'm on episode six and like that trio dynamic hasn't really been solidified yet like they're kind of building towards the three of them being a team which i wasn't expecting i thought i thought like right from the beginning that was gonna be a thing yeah um, so there's more serialized storytelling than I was expecting, which I, I appreciate. The design is fine. I appreciate that they throw in weird villains. Like, so far, the villains have been um, Professor Pig and Mr. Toad. A very different version of Professor Pig. Not like the, you know, like the, 60s like, the, the, like the saw blade. No, Professor Pig was created, I think, by Grant Morrison. Oh, that when I first met Jeb. Yeah, he was dressed. It, yes. He was dressed as Mr. Pig. Yes. As Professor okay. Pig. And who is like, a, like, is, like he He's like peels people's like cuts people's skin off and like puts it on dolls. Like he like the character's really fucked up. This is a much like softer, kidified, like storytelling, like Wind of the Willows sort of version of him. Um, but it's been that. It's been Magpie, uh, a little bit of League of Shadows, Silver Monkey, like uh, the current episode I'm watching is Metamorpho, Humpty Dumpty, like villains <laughs> that like have gotten no coverage anywhere else pretty much. So yeah. I, I can appreciate that it's, it's different. So it's not, it's definitely not necessary. I'm not going to say it's great, but I have been enjoying it more than I was expecting. And you know, I, I think it's, if you're looking for just trying to scratch that itch, which I was of just give me some Batman animated stuff that I haven't seen. It's worth checking out. Okay. Um, so I watched, started watching that. And then I read, uh, a graphic novel. It's, they call this enemy by George Takei. Ooh. So it's his, um, autobiographical graphic novel primarily focusing on um, the period of his life when he and the rest of his family were put into internment camps during World War II. George Takei obviously being from uh, Japanese descent. Mm -hmm. Living in California and, you know, after Pearl Harbor, government mandated essentially that like all Japanese Americans were to be put in internment camps. And it is a chapter of history that like anything else that we don't want to talk about as americans is brushed aside primarily yep um and it's it's really uh, it's incredibly heartfelt um you know it's it's really beautiful simplistic art it's all in black and white which i think kind of adds the atmosphere of it but you know i mean it it really explores like the emotions that he had going through that but also a lot on his family and just like the the burden it put on them and the frustration and but it's a lot of it is also though about addressing the complexity of real life, you know? So like an example being like the, the kind of framing device of the story is that he is, it's a recollection of the time that he got to go to um, 
FDR's house as part of like a like a larger event and kind of recognizing that FDR being this person who got us out of the Great Depression, who led us through a good chunk of World War II that did a lot to help the country was also the president that signed the order that put him and his family into prison essentially for like five years. Mm -hmm. And that his complex view of him in particular, and you know, also talking a little bit about, you know, like Reagan doesn't go fully into this, but like, you know, Reagan was the president who basically formally acknowledged an, an apology and, and made effort to make reparations was also the same president that ignored the AIDS crisis. And George Decay, of course, being a gay man who lived through all of that. So like, there's a really heartfelt core of not everything is black and white. And for someone to have gone through like a really, really terrible experience as a child to not look at it purely cynically and tragically is, is very heartwarming. I, I, I loved it. I cheered up multiple times reading it. Very, very emotional story. Um, highly, highly recommend reading it for everybody. It sounds so, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I just personally, I mean, I love Star Trek and I love George Takei. I just, I love him. I think he's just has this fantastic personality. Um, and I, I adore him a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mine are not nearly that prolific. <laughs> me being me. Um, less of a plug, more of an, of, a, of an accomplishment I need to share. Cause I've talked about it week after week for years. Yeah. I'm finally caught up in one piece. Oh my God. I didn't know it was possible. Yes, I caught up in the anime, and then I subsequently read the the manga from where the anime ended to where it is now. It took me probably three months to watch 60-something episodes of the show. I read (laughs) the 30 issues in two hours, and I'm so angry with myself. How did you do that? Oh, they're they're pretty short. They're they're pretty quick. Yeah, but still, anime issues are like eleven pages. Still, it's a lot. Yeah, maybe maybe it was more than two hours, but it was within a day. Yeah, but I'll, yeah, and just the like, the triumph was equaled by this like inner anger of like, why did I spend so much time watching when I could have caught up? What have I in, done with my life? Three days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's still very good. It's almost like this arc is almost done. I think. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, that was just for me to share. I love that in our finale, you also <laughs> brought closure to like a a background arc that no one else was keeping track of but you. Just me, yeah. <laughs> um, I started watching Murderville on Netflix. How is it? It's okay. Okay. I've only watched the first episode, mm-hmm. and Conan is is great. You know, Conan knows improv. Yes. For people who don't know the premise of Murderville, it is um, Will Arnett is playing a very serious in basically NCIS CSI kind of character. Yeah. Um, where he's investigating murders and his partner is a different celebrity. They bring on every week who has no script. Right. So they just have to improvise everything. And there are moments where like, you can tell Will's script isn't like funny enough yeah. to get the other person to it. Cause it's like, a, it's a serious script, you know, like right. he's actually trying to solve the murder. Yeah. It's deadpan. I would imagine. Kind yes. Of. Yeah. And, and so that doesn't give a lot for the other person to play off of. And so he like, when will breaks his character to get the other person to like break character, that's when it gets very fun. I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second episode I I've not watched because it's Marshawn Lynch. I think he's a football player. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, if Conan was kind of struggling, like I don't want to, I really don't want to see someone who doesn't know improv to do it. Right. Anything. 
hey, maybe he's a surprise. Yeah, maybe he does know improv. Yeah, maybe, maybe this is this is my my stere- my basis and stereotype on football players. Yeah, you never know. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I'm intrigued to keep watching it. Obviously, we both finished Boba. Mm-hmm. Uh, up and down, landed. Yeah, better than I, I would expect it to. Yeah, like I, without like, won't go into spoilers, but I, I will say this: like I think Boba's fine, and also I think it's fine that it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I don't understand. I don't really understand the, all the discourse about like, oh my god, this is the worst thing ever. Like, here are all the mistakes that Boba make that Star Wars can have to remedy when they get to Kenobi, or here's the things that Kenobi has to avoid to be as bad as not be as bad as Boba. And I'm like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, I, I fully acknowledge that. Yeah, like two of the seven episodes are like a complete tangent, and they're the best episodes, <laughs> and they're the best episodes. And I, I fully acknowledge like that points to faults in the series, but like, you know, I I think there's a difference between pushing a universe forward and expanding it. And I think this was much more about just kind of expanding the Star Wars universe and, and pushing it forward a little bit, primarily in characters that aren't actually in the title of the show. Yeah. And we got space Vespas. So shut up. We got space Vespas. They're fucking awesome. The Moss Vespas. <laughs> That's much better. I yeah. love that. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not brilliant and that's totally okay. Yeah. Like, look, I, I enjoyed it. I, I had, it's like time I could turn my brain off. Exactly. That was great. You know, and my whole thing is, like, this is a very low-stakes show. Like, we've been getting really great stuff out of The Mandalorian, which is awesome. We have really promising stuff coming down the line. The animated stuff we're getting is still great. I love The Bad Batch. I think it just kept getting better and better since Absolutely. On. You know, I will kind of never forgive Star Wars for how bad Rise of Skywalker is because, like, that movie actually had to do something. Like, it was capping off Star Wars. Like, right. you had to do something great. This was the end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, and it's like... But it's not, because he's still it's here. <laughs> the worst of... For me, the worst of the entire Skywalker saga, which is kind of unforgivable, given that it had to, like, wrap everything up. Yeah. That being said, if some pieces of the TV shows or some of the series we get aren't that great, I don't care. Right. We're still getting Star Wars that I found mostly entertaining. Now, I really hope Kenobi's good, because I've been dying for that for years, and Ewan McGregor, I adore... And Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite character. So yes. I really hope that one's good. Yeah. And Ahsoka right after that. Yeah, exactly. also very promising. And, and also, did we ever think a show about Boba Fett was going to be good? Boba Fett is a nothing character. But that's the thing. That's been the joke since fucking 1978. That Boba yeah. is the most badass character in Star Wars. Now we can finally have definitive answer is he's fine. He's fine. He's, he's not. He's a pretty good bounty hunter. But yeah. there's other bounty hunters that are much better. Yeah, there's better bounty hunters out there. And, like, he's not a good gangster or crime lord because he's never been one before. Right, and that's fine. Yeah, it's like, it. yeah. He crawled out of the Sarlacc. Amazing. That's incredible. We we finally saw it, and he did it. Yeah. We can confirm that he did it. Immediately got his armor stolen. Exactly. It's all right. Whatever. I, I the kind of feel, they're little bitches. Yeah, I kind of feel like they had to do this. It was like one of those things, like, if you're going to have stuff set on Tatooine, you have to address what happened to Boba Fett, because he can't just die right. for whatever fucking reason. It's like, okay, we have to address it. Okay, so he had to survive. Okay, so we have to show him. Okay, so we've shown him we have to do something with him now. We've given you a series, people. We finally gave you the Boba Fett you've been clamoring for, and none of you liked it. We can move on with our lives. Yes. Now go watch The Rocketeer, because that's what he is. Yes, and The Rocketeer is way better. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. It's fine. It's fine that it's fine. Yeah. So, uh yeah so we did that yeah um what else have i watched um i watched jackass because of course i did of course you did how was it it's there's something so normalizing 
about watching people do stupid shit yeah and being able to enjoy it again because we've been in this state for the past three years now where like whenever you see someone do something stupid there's like a shame that all of humanity has to deal with yeah but it's like we are the same species as them well it's usually it's something stupid on like a global theater yes so that's part of the problem i mean this is also on a global theater it is jackass true yeah yes. but like the stakes are very low yes you're not watching heard... someone get punched in the nuts for you know like 30 straight minutes yeah will never not be funny the, yeah I, I i will probably watch it at some point because i have to be like the, the trailer tickled me every time i watched it yeah so and it's like the new people they brought in are, are very fun mm-hmm. there's a guy named poopy and he's oh, poopy. great um one guy they like it starts off with just this uh one guy named i think his name is ghost uh i think he was also a skateboarder or he also did some kind of stunt work Mm -hmm. um and then halfway through they just bring in his dad to start playing into great by the end of the movie he's part of the crew that's awesome yeah it's just like it's so stupid we love it so fun like especially seeing it in the theater yeah where you have like audible laughter around you like mm-hmm. that was it was just a nice good time that does sound fun yeah i can appreciate get that. a group together to watch like, if you watch it by yourself it's gonna be it's gonna be boring yeah it's, it's be better dumb. it's a comedy it's better seen in the theater yeah so yeah, even just with friends like go out with friends it's great yeah nice mm-hmm. the opening bit i'll, I'll just share this one because it's yeah. like very jarring i forgot how much dick is in this movie or oh. in this series no the opening bit is uh, is a caucasaurus rex and so they put a like a uh, rubber uh like t-rex basically like a t-rex shaped condom yeah over one of the guy's dicks and in stop motion style had him going through a city like godzilla destroying the city and it's so funny and it's so dumb but it sets the tone so perfectly that that is brilliant yeah it does sound really fun uh yeah and so johnny knoxville is playing the the army general set on destroying the caucasaurus rex so stupid yeah but yeah it's it's just a good time okay nice mm-hmm. all right well now that we're done with all of our normal segments here uh so want to address the idea of like what comes next slash what what does it mean that we're, this is a finale because obviously this is the finale of the dcau we have through bonus episodes covered essentially any new material that's been released over the years you know uh, batman and harley quinn justice league versus fatal five so that's all been covered. So there's really nothing left to cover in terms of the DCU. Now, the podcast today has not been exclusive to that. We've done bonus episodes. So essentially, what does it mean that this is the finale? So this is the end of the podcast for the foreseeable future, essentially. Yes. So we won't, there's no plans to cover anything else. No plans to cover bonus episodes on even all the DC movies coming out this year. Um I will take full credit on this. <laughs> We're not, there's no plans to do Titans talk. That is on me because, as I've explained to Cameron, I don't have enough investment in that show to warrant giving eight hours of my life a week. Yeah, I mean, I have my own confession, Chris. I've never seen Teen Titans. (laughs) (laughs) All these references I Googled immediately beforehand. Right, exactly. Just to poke at me the entire time. Um, That's a lie. I love Teen Titans. I know. I know. I know you love Teen Titans. Yeah. So we don't have plans to do Titans talk. Look, very real possibility at some point in the line, we may come back to this in some capacity, but there are no plans to do so. So this is a, a definitive ending for the show. Uh, part of the reason being we both have our own projects that we're working on. I can't yet talk about mine. It's a little too early on, but I think mm-hmm. you could talk a little bit about yours. Yes, I have a new, I have a new podcast coming out soon. You know, the, like the joke trademark soon. where it's yeah, like, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
sometime this next year, I would I would hope, I assume, uh, where very different than what we do here. I'm not that different. Uh, a friend in my, a friend of mine from high school and I've got together and we have shared our love for theme parks is has been very obvious on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're basically creating our own fictional theme park uh, via audio platform <laughs> well, fictional theme parks yes that's yeah, the whole yeah, point yeah. of the show yeah. yeah not a single park but we're taking you know like ip or countries or mm -hmm. themes or mythology or, or kind of whatever and, and building an entire theme park off of that so you know we're getting yeah. the layout the ride the entertainment that's going to be in there the food that's going to be in there what's what are the shops like what is it going to look like mm -hmm. we're basically playing audio roller coaster tycoon yeah essentially <laughs> yes um yeah, it is very fun. It is something that I've been doing in my free time for far too long. And so it's finally putting that to use and like just yeah. showing off my sketches. Exactly. And I, I'm I'm super excited for that show. Yeah. And of course, at some point, we're going to make a James Bond park. Yeah, we're going to do a James Bond park. We've done it a little bit here, but if we ever do like a full, like full Batman park. Yes. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll definitely have specific things that I'll request. If you ever decide to do a Casablanca theme we, we park. can. Yeah. So I'll happily come on for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I mean, and yeah, I, I have a project that I'm working on too early to talk about, um, but hopefully something will happen with that in the next uh, year or so. And like, you know, I'm sure I'll continue to make guest appearances on, on your show and probably on like Sam Gash's show and stuff like that. And then, you know. You have your own show. I mean, yeah, part of it is, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I... One, you're a professional now yes listen if you want some part of me in your life still listen to extra vision i am occasionally pop in for like a, a brief appearance or to do a small segment here and there um but you know i help drive the show creatively i mean it's, it's really jason's show but i you know do what i can to kind of help pick the topics and, and drive things forward so my fingerprints are all over it nonetheless um, and you know, I'll fully acknowledge it's a really good show. It, it is. It, it, honestly, like I know I'm biased cause I make it, but it just keeps getting better and better. Um, you know, and I will also admit that I'm looking forward to not having to have public opinions on things for a while. This is why we're not going to be covering things like the Batman and flash and stuff like that. Oh, what great timing for us then. I know. Yeah. Just, you know, and it's, it's been fun to have this. It's been great to like have a venue to like sit down and talk about it. But you know, like for me, it was Joker and one room 1984, like really killed it for me. Of like, I hate that I have to watch these just because people expect to have an opinion on it. And so I'm looking forward to just being able to enjoy my own thoughts yeah <laughs> on the without having yeah and just kind of enjoying them. cartoons again exactly yeah i'm really looking forward to watching stuff and not having to watch it with the eye of like not have to take notes not to take notes which i have to do for <laughs> for a living it's, now. it's my job now yeah <laughs> so <laughs> having stuff on the side that i can do just for the enjoyment factor alone will be really nice so but yeah so this is the end of tim talk i will definitely put out updates for your upcoming show on here and to whatever Instagram capable i'll put out updates about my project here as well yeah um, and we are still friends yes we, what we, we say we joke all the time every yes. episode we literally have plans to hang out tomorrow yeah. <laughs> so, you know and I, I, again i think it's very fair to say like this is not the last time you'll hear the two of us on a podcast uh together so but this is the end uh and as such do you want to give some some much deserved thank yous yes, uh, to a, a lot of people um starting with uh Artish Iridami, who made our theme music for us many, many years ago and who always gets credit in the, the show notes, but I should have been giving credit along the way. But thank you for making that, you know, all of our guests. So Trevor Reese and Chris Frembrez, Frank Moran and Amanda Barnes, oh, our old Nerdist old, crew. The old crew. 
I know that was a long time ago, which is crazy. Um, you know, everyone else in two. So Johnny Briantes, Sam Gash, who's been on multiple times and obviously go check out ideal remake. We have both made appearances on it. Yes. I've been to the call up Sam at some point. Like, Hey, let's, let's finally crack it. Let's do Casablanca. <laughs> I, I just got to get out of my system. Uh, of course, Jonathan James, Facilius Asmakos, Lauren Rich, Kira Wheel and Angela Cashman, who all joined us for one of our fantastic Comic-Con clusterfucks years ago. Uh, my brother Wes, who came on for Over the Edge. Shane. Yeah. The great Shane Tully, <laughs> the, the third leg of the Burger Fan Club tripod. Yes. Uh, his multiple appearances. CJ James and TC from Broad Meets World. Go listen to that show. It's really fantastic. Uh, my friend Alec Brazier, of course. James Strecker and Maddie Washburn from Watchtower Database. And Dre Lopez. Yes. All of our lovely guests. Uh, and then two to just like all of the friends and supporters that we have found uh, along the way. So of course, Maddie, James, and Ted Kendrick over at the Watchtower Database, who like are probably our some of our biggest supporters. And it's been so much fun meeting all you guys and getting to collaborate on stuff. Um, a special shout out to Maddie for introducing me to Sav Rogers, who's become one of my closest friends. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess along those lines, Gay Ford also done. I'm sorry, folks. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's been done for like two, almost three years, but I'm saying here definitively that that show yeah, is done. It's not that's happening fair. anymore. Um, of course, Cal and Liam at the DCAU Review. Ashley Clark, who just love and adore, and who I continue to enjoy chatting about Superman and Lois with. I was really upset there wasn't an episode this week. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, Cameron from Cameron Reads Comics, who is to date the only like listener. The one friend, fan. The one person we met in, in person, which was really, really fun to do years ago at, uh, at um, WonderCon, I think it was, right? Mm-hmm. Or LA Comic-Con. Uh, Benjamin David at Above and Batman Beyond. Constant support from him. Um, Matt Tro of the M Word and the Superman Animated Podcast who gives us a nice shout out on Twitter every week. Thank you to Ranky Customs, who makes incredible custom uh, action figures, oftentimes DCAU ones on Instagram. Go check that out. Uh, Justin Eddins, Jake, a.k.a. The Overvoid, Chris Cons, Harold George, a.k.a. Hero Artist, who's made some really fantastic art for us in the past, uh, as has Gordon Wills. Go check both of them out. Great mm-hmm. art. Brian Day, uh, The World's Finest on Twitter, and then uh, some lovely folks on YouTube, SR Striker, Solomon Sultani, Mike the Chicago Critic, Sean Fuldark and Jasmine Carter, who are all regular uh, people who write in on YouTube. And I eventually remember to respond <laughs> oftentimes many months later. So thank you to all of yeah, you guys. Thank you guys so much. It's honestly like been one of the best parts of doing this is like finding this community and making friends through it and just seeing all the love and support for DC fandom gets a lot of shit because probably like the Snyder fans. And I think people forget like especially the DCU fans are out there and they're all really lovely people they are and we've been able to like engage with everyone on it which is really really fun and they're very welcoming that, yes. was, that was a good surprise oh my god yeah i mean yeah the fact that we got invited to like become part of the, the pod tower and they continue to just pump out amazing stuff all the time um yeah like we're we're definitely not we're, we're like the worst version of this show that exists <laughs> like cal and liam do a better job watched our database does a better job we've just been doing this kind of for um the fun of all of it right i mean yeah and it, it started for it being for us and ended it is still for us and yeah it's nice to have friends that have kind of joined us along the way yeah exactly so and and that's the thing this this whole thing has been really really fun and ultimately we decided to do like this last episode just the two of us just because that's ultimately what it's kind of been about um yeah but yeah i mean it's been really fun it's incredible to meet all these people on the way and make friends um also this show gave me a career which i was yeah not... you have a job now <laughs> Which I was, uh, I never expected to, 
You get, start, we started this podcast and you didn't have a job. No, like I didn't. In general. No, I didn't. Yeah. And it's been bouncing around a bunch of different stuff in entertainment, yeah. which is impossibly hard at times. And yeah, like literally for doing this from five years, it got me a job doing this, but on a bigger scale. And I get paid to go watch all the things I love to watch and yeah. let someone else talk about it. It's kind of the dream. That on, is, yeah, on, you're living it. On every we, level. We've spanned, what, six apartments between the two of us? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> well, how many, I've gone through two jobs. You've gone through four or five jobs? Uh, I mean, big ones, yeah. Let's, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, main, main job. Yeah, yeah. yeah like main revenue sources. PA stuff, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, so, so. six apartments, seven jobs. <laughs> handful of relationships exactly yeah <laughs> god um but i mean yeah it's 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 weird i was thinking about this the other day this is the longest i've ever been committed to something same like this is longer than college this is longer than any single job i've had it's longer than any relationship i've had hey same <laughs> so um it's been wild and and so much fun and and above all the other things that this show has done the the best part has just been hanging out with you cameron Thank seemingly you. every week as much as we can try to yes. do every week uh, but it's been an excuse for the two of us to to hang out all the time and to just talk about the stuff we love to talk about and we're not gonna have to like make time to do that that's gonna be weird which is gonna be yeah weird. we should pencil something in for we, a should, yeah, we, we should schedule something in for us um but no i mean that that has been the greatest joy of all of this is this being an amazing chance to hang out with you and i love you dearly and this has been an incredible journey and i'm so glad i got to do it with you so thank yes, you same to you you were my best friend in la yeah you you were one of the first friends i made out here yeah we met in improv all those years ago <laughs> the and, idea of us doing improv i know <laughs> we're so bad at it i know i thought you were such an asshole when we first met i still am you are but i, I just, learned to accept it <laughs> i just eventually the charm wears through yes yeah the charm and the modesty yeah um yeah and like we we tried writing together <laughs> realized that was a bad idea yeah. we started burger fan club the two of us and shane yeah um yeah we like i i can't imagine la without you being such a big part of it oh thank you yeah it i mean this is kind of like defined in a lot of ways our our time in la up to this point so yeah. a whole a whole new chapter starts yeah we started it in our first year of being in la uh, I mean, we, we just was, passed was, one year yeah we was just yeah we met in our first year and then it was a little after a year yeah because yeah, it was september of 2016 that we started this yeah so and it took longer than expected slash i never thought we'd finish yeah i i remember when you sent me the original google doc or google spreadsheet and i just like scrolled down and i'm like why'd you plan this far ahead <laughs> <laughs> like we're not gonna make it through btos we're not we're not gonna make it much less do like 50 bonus episodes yeah on a bunch of other random shit um but no this has been uh absolutely incredible and people keep asking me like what's it gonna be like i don't know i honestly don't know how I'm this gonna is feel. yeah this is truly the next chapter for us yeah so and, you know i still have to go off and edit this yep which is but then it'll truly be done for me when we, when we post this on tuesday we don't have to do anything more with it yeah so oh man i can finally delete that alarm at 7 15 a.m on tuesdays tell me to post everything <laughs> you know you can like auto automate that i can i can schedule i can schedule i now have facebook and instagram automatically scheduled but as far as i know you can't do that with twitter or you there's like oh okay, you can yeah. sign up for sites that will do it for you but i did that for a little bit and it wasn't worth the money and then it took me forever to actually get them to cancel the goddamn thing yeah so that, for like for putting it, yeah sense. for putting up on twitter i have to do it so okay so yeah i'm also looking forward to like not having to be on twitter as much that is a good idea. That is, that's always nice. Yeah. Except for now I have to do it 
for work, for work, work. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, yeah, thank you to everyone at the end of the day. Just thank you, Cameron, for, yeah, for doing thank this. Thank you. And thank you, mom, for listening to some of these. Yes, Cindy. <laughs> thank you. We really should have had her on at some point. Oh, she, I, this is not her, not her realm. <laughs> but she, I mean, I'm sure she has stories yeah. that like we can't even fathom. That's true. She would have upped like the class and quality level a lot. Yes. Which is probably why we didn't do it. Cause it's never our goal to be good at this. That's right. So, uh, but, uh, thank you everybody. I mean, thank you for, for what it's so much. Yes. For what it's worth, you can find us at Tim talk about on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Like I said, um, we will probably be putting updates on future projects there. And if feasible, we'll maybe putting them on this feed as well to be determined. Um, but if you want to stay with us, post this podcast, Cameron, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to see my art, which will be updated very unregularly, <laughs> infrequently that's the word (laughs) um you can find that at cameron.dexter on instagram if you want to see my face you can find that at cam dexter underscore adventures and i'll even share for you the special listeners that have waited this long in the episode my secret tiktok account oh my god i will share it with you and my six videos uh is at the disney historian that's right it Mm -hmm. is yeah, I don't. I follow you on TikTok, but I'm never on it. So yeah, I I made the account. Wait, you have two two TikToks? No, just the one. Just the one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just the one is a secret. I I I wanted to like get a fresh start from from like the Disney community. Yeah, because it's obviously still Disney content. Uh, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can watch me rant about nonsense, and give history lessons, which I love to give. That's true, and I would prevent you from doing here. Exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, that would be the beautiful thing is no more me censoring you all the time oh man i'm so excited <laughs> just fully talk about anime anywhere and everywhere and i won't be there yeah <laughs> sometimes you'll be there sometimes i'll be there yeah yeah but mentally though you'll mentally. never be there no exactly <laughs> lurking in the shadows uh where can they find you i am at lordifer on twitter and instagram and i do have a tiktok i've never posted anything but i'm on there i guess yeah if you if you want to find me there and uh you know like i said you know go go follow x-ray vision yes it's better than this <laughs> so, we just you know don't cover the same material but uh it's a really fantastic show so go check that out yeah and i'm sure you're gonna do a, a batman the batman episode in yes. the next few weeks yes we will be doing an episode on the batman yes so course. if you need more batman content with chris's brain behind it that's true yeah, yeah. You get one I, more I, shot. I am not the one speaking, but I do contribute to the ideas. Yes. So you you can you can get a hint of what I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Plus, I would imagine at this point, if you've listened to all 257 episodes of us ranting about shit, whenever you watch the Batman, you can probably assume <laughs> what our collective thoughts will be on it, just yes. based on what you know of us. Um, but yeah, everyone, thank you again. Go enjoy the Batman when it comes out. We all hope it's good and be prepared to sit on your ass for three hours. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>